Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, also Alex. And, uh, you know, Christmas is the time of giving, and we've decided to give each other many things. A lot of pain, a lot of headaches, and I was going to give you guys the world, but the world just isn't enough. I'm going to give you the new segment. Parker, go. Well, see, here's the thing. Originally, I was like, all right, there's no news. This morning, I'm getting ready for work, and I see a headline from a week ago that really, like, it means nothing. There's no reason for me to get upset, but it ruined my fucking day. When I see the headline, Colin Trevorrow says Jurassic World 3 won't feature dinosaurs attacking cities. Fucking I just went into a fucking, like, downward spiral. Like, I sat through that whole fucking movie for you to tease me. with like, hey, there's dinosaurs out there, and then just go... No. So are you <laughs> suggesting we're getting a Jurassic World reboot, Parker? <laughs> no. Fucking no. Are we going to get a Cretaceous origin story? See, the I worst part that... about it is how realistic and possible that is. I know. I read that shit before the fucking sun came up. It ruined <laughs> my whole day. I have not slept since. I'm so tired of being on this goddamn planet. Alex, what'd you watch this week, buddy? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked, friend. So, uh, I watched a lot. I I know, it's surprising for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Such a busy man, man about town. You know how it goes. Get um, Yeah, I know, right? So, let's start with the most recent first, because I did see a movie that's in theaters right now. Um, I just got back from seeing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. So jealous. So this movie's fucking beautiful, first of all. Like, this movie, the animation of this is absolutely gorgeous. I I feel like either you guys already know what a big Spider-Man 2 fan or are about to find out what a big Spider-Man 2 fan I am. I did not. I'm excited yeah, for this. So this Spider-Man 2 is my favorite comic book movie because entirely of the way it's filmed. That there are so many shots in that movie that are set up like, you know, wide panels in a comic. Yeah. Um, I just think the way it's filmed is absolutely brilliant, despite the fact that the plot is kind of schlocky. So I absolutely, like, I revere that movie and everything about the way it was made. So this movie, I'm sure you've seen some from the trailers, but it's like a constantly moving background with, like, almost, like, claymation-seeming character movements, where it seems like they're just running through the pages of a comic book. And it is so fucking beautiful to look at. And... All of the different art that they use, you know, when they introduce the characters from other universes. Spoilers, there are Spider-Mans in other universes. That's the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, everything about it is just fucking gorgeous. Like, I, I could live in that movie. It is so, 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 so pretty. Now, as for the movie itself, 
the first hour is real good. The second hour, I got a little bit bored, but it's because it's a kid's movie, and I'm not really supposed to be that engaged with the plot. But, oh my god, is it pretty. Just the fact that, like, you know, they have the, uh, like, the main character in this one, uh, Miles Morales, like, his whole thing before he gets bit by the spiders, he's, like, this graffiti artist. And when they reveal his spider suit, and it's just got, like, the Spider-Man logo graffitied onto, like, a red suit, and it's just, like, it's such a nice touch. It's, the, like, mm-hmm. the little things in this movie are just, it's so nice to look at. And there's, I, like, I, different art styles in there, too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, one of the, uh... You know, one of the other Spider-Men from another dimension is basically Porky Pig, but not Porky Pig for copyright reasons. They make a joke about that. Um, one of them is an anime girl who has a robot that fights Sorry, for her. What? And and <laughs> and the the magic spider did not bite her. It instead lives in the robot that was built for her by her father. <laughs> I need it. One of the Spider-Men is from a 1930s noir universe. I'm in. <laughs> and one of the uh what like the the recurring joke with his character other than being a shithead from the 1930s is that they hand him a rubik's cube i'm sorry zemeckis cube oh, and he okay. can't figure I'm out the colors got him <laughs> kobe hey um, tell our good friend chris who voices said character oh god oh my is god it, i gotta look it up is it a oh, is it buddy. a spoiler for the cast list because i know one guy is in it and it's almost like a if surprise. you don't if you don't know the cast list then i don't want to say it because oh, like I, I do know that one of our good friends we've done a lot of his movies is in it <laughs> he would be correct yeah. yeah it's exactly who you're thinking of yeah of course gerard butler <laughs> <laughs> yep. speaking of gerard butler oh god yes i i know you set up the segue for a reason you know me so my good friend parker messaged me a couple days ago and lets me know that a movie from this year just just leaked on the uh the old torrents movie called hunter killer now let me tell you about hunter killer so hunter killer starts off there's an uh, american submarine tracking a russian submarine through like you know like north polish type waters and both of them explode you know, that's pretty awkward. Both of these submarines get blown up. You sure wouldn't want to see a, an international incident. You know who else doesn't want to see an international incident? Rear Admiral Common. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to him talking to, uh, talking to his crew. And they're just like, oh, no, we don't have another submarine in the area. And he goes, actually, we do. Like, what? No, the Arkansas doesn't have a captain. And he says, don't worry, I just assigned a new captain. So they're like, well... Well, what year did he graduate Annapolis? Like, oh, he didn't go to Annapolis. Because clearly, Captain Gerard Butler is a man of the people. I'm sorry, let me call him by his character's name. Captain Joe Glass. <laughs> American hero. <laughs> it takes me back to fucking 80 Schwarzenegger. Hi, I'm John Matrix, American <laughs> hero. <laughs> So Captain Joe Glass (laughs) and his new crew set out from Scotland to go see what the hell's up, because nobody has any information. They find a Russian submarine hidden inside of an iceberg. (laughs) They get into a torpedo fight with it and sink the Russian submarine. Then they go down to the first Russian submarine that got sank, realize it was sabotaged from within, and rescue the Russian captain and two of his sailors, who is played by the bad guy from Ghost Protocol, who also is now dead, apparently. I didn't realize that Michael Nyquist died, but apparently that happened last year. <laughs> what? <laughs> when did this happen? Yeah, evidently. Um, 
pour one so, out. So, some point around this, Common reports to a superior officer who is inexplicably played by Gary, Gary Oldman. <laughs> which took me about... Uh, it took me a while to figure out. Let's just say that. <laughs> they realize there's been a coup in Russia. The president is being held hostage by the, the, the admiral at this uh, Navy base. And the U.S. activates a Army Ranger recon team to go and land there and see what's up with the president. And that's the first 30 minutes of Hunter Killer. Oh, my God. This keeps Jesus going. Christ. <laughs> Let me settle in here. A uh, couple more notes. Because I know Parker will be watching this in the very near future. Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh, the leader of this recon SEAL team is played by the bad guy from Die Another Day. Very powerful week for him in Fuck. my library. Damn it. He does not have a lot of acting credits, but this is certainly one of them. <laughs> His, uh, let me put it this way. His first three acting credits in IMDb are Die Another Day, This, and 13 Hours. Oh my... Okay. <laughs> three future episodes for this show. <laughs> There is a, a Russian aide to the, the Russian president because they the, the bad guys, the, the guys doing the coup, think they've machine gunned down all of the Russian operatives. But this one guy survives. Um, he's discovered immediately after all of the, the army rangers are hanging out on a roof and some Russian guy in, like, a 1940s-era German war hat walks out and just starts machine gunning the roof then gets back in his jeep and drives away. And, of course, he hits someone because, like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> they, well, they discover this guy, you know, and there's the moment where it's like, do we trust you? Because, you know, you're the Russians and we're the Americans and blah, 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 blah. Long story short, 15 minutes later, this dude has been shot several times by the Russians and is holding eight grenades. They open the door. He pulls the pins on all eight, which happen to be four each on each middle finger, flips the double bird, and then explodes, killing a <laughs> contingent of Russians. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> this movie fucking rules. Russell Crowe needs to... Not Russell. I always call him Russell Crowe. I don't know why. It's <laughs> understandable. Gerard, I mean, both of them must be protected yeah. at all times. At yes. all costs. But Gerard Butler has just truly embraced <laughs> making absolute trash, and I love him for it. Because it keeps going to theaters. God bless him. It's so good. My man's is just, like, carved out a niche in late January <laughs> and early December. Cashing those paychecks. It's it's so good. I should mention before I get to the rest of these movies, uh, we finished watching Hill House this week. Yeah. Um, Hill House is incredible, Chris. You need to get on it because I really want to talk about it. I'm I'm trying. I'll I'll. I'll get I I, I know you got a lot going on. It's got some dungeon dice so, monsters ahead. Of you. Yeah. It's so 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 worth it, and it's one of those shows that really rewards you for paying attention. Like, like there are reveals in the show. When it, it, it's the kind of show where, like, it doles out information at a really good rate to the viewer. And you'll hear things, and you'll be like, oh, my God, I never thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it, do, and, it, it gives you just the right breadcrumbs to where, like, you probably won't ever figure some of the stuff out on your own. But when you hear it, you go, oh, fuck, that makes sense. It's, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Like, I have my problems with the show, which I am happy to talk about at a future time when all three of us have seen it. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is definitely the best thing Netflix has ever It produced. might be one of my wow. favorite things just, period, for this year, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so fucking good. It's hard for me to come up with that many things that I liked more. <laughs> Without 
being too specific, that jump scare in the car. Oh made my god! Me fucking like yell <laughs> in my apartment. I so it was funny because I watched the whole thing with my girlfriend, and she is the kind of person that jumps at loud noises, even when it's like the toilet flushing when she doesn't know someone's in the bathroom. Right. And I always give her shit for it, and my head was like on her shoulder during that scene. And it about hit the fucking ceiling. Yeah, it's and I think I'm never gonna live it down. It is the most effective jump I've seen in a long, long time. I, oh yeah, because you are so fucking laser focused on that scene. Yeah, oh. and oh they don't they don't set you up with a jump scare before that. Like it's not it's not like you're it's not the kind of show where you're expecting jump scares and then that happens because there's a like, couple peppered in the first couple episodes yeah but then but it kind of turns yeah. drama for a bit and then it's like oh by the way fuck yourself yeah hey guess what we can still do God, Hill the first time i noticed one of the ghosts in the background my heart stopped for a couple seconds i fucking Not love that so much the scene during the storm oh my god oh my god the things that are moving in the background of that scene yeah I was really relieved that I had to go to work after we watched that episode yeah. because Jesus, man, yeah, like literally every episode will just have a couple of ghosts in the background, not interacting with anyone, just standing there looking at the camera, like hi. Yeah, they're just yeah. there, and it, yeah, it doesn't matter if you don't see them; it doesn't affect anything. But if your eyes wander and you see a ghost face staring back at you, it'll really fuck you up, as it turns out. Yeah. And there were so many times where it was just like, you know, they would be in the funeral home and there'd be a ghost in the background. I'd oh be God. like, and I would like tell my girlfriend, like, hey, you see that? And like, it would cut away for a second and cut back and it'd be gone. And it's just like, yeah. oh, oh, cool. You're going to do this to me. The first it's just the right amount of time. That, like, I, re- I pa- paused it. Went, no, it's gone. Rewound it. Paused it again and pointed at it. There was just that feeling of going down a roller coaster where your stomach just drops like, oh, God. Oh, yep. Jesus Christ. And that funeral episode, by the way. Holy fuck. Like, that is episode of anything I've seen in a very, very, very long time. That is one of the best things I've seen on TV in a long time, and is, like, barely in my top three scenes in the show. It's like, so fucking good. Watch Hill House, please. Please. Like, do yourself a favor. It is so worth the time. Now, to get back to something that's not worth the time. <laughs> so, I got home last night, uh, and went to the bathroom came back out and Mars Attacks was on. I was like, oh, I remember this movie, you know. I had forgot it was Tim Burton as one is apropos to do, because nobody's watched Mars Attacks since it came out. Right. I was one of those people that watched it when it came out. You know, in my brain, I remember the the, the big-brained aliens being puppets. It turns <laughs> out, my brain was very wrong, because they were very much bad CGI. Oh. You didn't remember that? Parker. I saw it once in theaters. Like, when did this come I, out? <laughs> I remember this being just, like, a really, like, high-budget puppet movie. And it's not at all. It it's came out in 1996, right? Why did they take me 95, 96, something like that. I'm pretty I sure it was 96. Way You're too young for that. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, it gets kind of violent in a couple moments, we, doesn't it? We definitely blockbustered that. Because I think it just seemed like a fun, like, family movie. And then... It kind of isn't. It, it's not that it's not a family movie. It's just not fun. Like, there's nothing that's fun about this movie. It's it's an absolute all-star cast. Uh, it's just, like, every ensemble character is, like, you look and it's, like, oh, there's Michael J. Fox. 
There's Jack Black with four lines. There's Martin Short jumping in front of Pierce Brosnan. There's Sarah Jessica Parker's head on a chihuahua. Like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I definitely remember that. That's for sure. See, that's one of those movies that makes me think. It was like, what? This is Tim Burton's love letter to the science fiction movies he grew up with in the 1950s. And you're just like, oh, did he really hate those movies or something? This is, like, legitimately one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Like, I... I, I was I very intoxicated watching this movie and still pissed off. <laughs> I guess I will not be revisiting it then. All I, right. would, I would not recommend I, it. I have to admit that Sarah Jessica Parker's head on a chihuahua is not... And like, there's nothing you can do with it. There's, it's not funny. Yeah. I mean, I would think they would do more than what they did, but no. If, if you want to watch a bad movie about aliens attacking Earth, you should just watch War of the Worlds with my boy Tom Cruise. Which here, is, here. Not good, but yeah. at least it's much more watchable than this. The day the Earth stood still with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That's a movie that everyone forgot exists. Oh yeah, yeah, sure did. Now, before I get to all of the Bond that I watched this week, I did watch one more movie just before it recorded. A movie called Criminal Activities. I'm pretty sure this was direct to DVD. Just to be clear. Now, Parker, a couple weeks ago, you watched Suicide Kings. I sure did. So Suicide Kings is a movie about, you know, this group of incompetent dudes that need money that kidnap a mob boss played by Christopher Walken. You know, they have their their nerdy friend in tow played by the guy from The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) You know, Dennis Leary's there just like spouting off one-liners about, you know, all of, you know, his Dennis Leary things. He's basically not in the movie with anybody else until the very end. It's a very watchable experience, would you agree? I will, and also, oh my god, I just pulled up Criminal Activities. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing. This movie, I feel like, is very, very heavily influenced by Suicide Kings. Because these friends all meet at a funeral, you know, for one of their friends. Uh, they have the, the loser in their group, played by Dan Stevens. How? Uh, so they all get it. Oh, also the uh, like the lead of the group is the guy from Funny Games. So okay, now we're talking. Yeah, which he has not done a lot. Chris, have you seen Funny Games? No, not yet. Funny Games might be in your future. Okay, yeah, like, I've been meaning to rewatch so. that myself. Actually, <laughs> let's throw that on the back burner. Yeah. So in in Suicide Kings, you know, they kidnap the mob boss. And this one, they get in debt to the mob boss because of Dan Stevens, who is, you know, the colossal fuck-up of their group, and borrowed all the money that they thought he had. The company that they invest in with all the money goes belly up. And then they find out, oh shit, we gotta go to this meeting to find out who this mob boss is that we owe all this money to. And into the scene saunters one John Travolta. (laughs) <laughs> wait when did the movie come out 2015 oh that that john travolta see what Still i left because i opened the page and uh, i don't know who he thought he was fooling with that die job but it is powerful <laughs> holy shit he talks in this movie about how italian he is like four times but oh does God, it in like the most white bread northeaster accent possible greatest fucking city in the world <laughs> You're never also, no one like me. 
The Dennis Leary character in this movie is played by the guy that was Rorschach in Watchmen <laughs> and also played Freddy Krueger in the late Freddy Krueger movies. Jackie Earl Haley. Yes. I love that guy. Does that say director Jackie Earl Haley? It sure oh. does. How did you do this? Does he give himself all of the one-liners of this movie? You bet your ass he does. Did he really Kevin Smith himself? That's so cool. <laughs> now this movie takes some twists and turns. I know no one's gonna watch it, so like I kind of feel okay spoiling it. I mean, it does say not... streaming for free on Prime Video. <laughs> that it does, buddy. Anything is possible. Wait, does that say that for you? Because it says from nine ninety nine for me. Oh, let me click on it. I might be making a mistake here. Continue. I might be accidentally renting this movie for ten dollars. This movie's ninety minutes and has a couple major plot twists, and the last one's real satisfying. It's not nearly as good as Suicide Kings. It's but it's the same format of like dudes who ha- like incompetent dudes who have a kidnap victim that are just screaming at each other, you know. It's you could do worse with 93 minutes of your time. I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> oh man. All right. That's Dan <laughs> You had a lot of Dan Stevens in your life. I unfortunately did not get to Kill Switch, which I really wanted to watch. But... That trailer took me on a journey. Chris, if you haven't seen the trailer for Kill Switch, which I'm sure you haven't, mm-hmm. you should, at some point in the next couple hours, you should take a look because it looks. I'll... It looks like somebody tried to make the Halo video games into a movie and cast Dan Stevens in it. All right, so uh, we have uh, found footage movies are hot, right? Did you guys see District 9? Let's fucking do it! (laughs) It looks so cool. I can't wait. Now, to get to the part that my good friend Parker, I'm sure, has a lot to say about. (laughs) So, you guys know this episode's on The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. But The World Is Not Enough was not enough. (laughs) Pierce Brosnan and James Bond for me. Because I watched all four of them. I'm so jealous. I only had time for the first three. That's, that's fine, but I know buddy. in my heart, like we're not making it through 2019 without doing Die Another Day. So, Parker, you know, that my coming. good friend, let's start by talking about Goldeneye. It's so much better than I remember, and I remember it very fondly. The movie's real I, fucking good. I have always had incredibly strong, positive feelings about Goldeneye. We'll get to that later because Chris asked us to rank Bond movies, and I, like Chris, have seen them all. So. Yeah. It's it's this is a movie I revisit every couple years and every time I like find something new not new but like something that I forgot that I like about it. I did not remember how fucking funny Goldeneye is. <laughs> this movie is legitimately like a really good comedy. Like like the scene where uh he's fucking he's fucking racing Famke Jansen down the hill and there's all those like Tour de France bikers on the other side. <laughs> they just like stop that like stop and like look at them as they go by and then the wind blows them all down like dominoes. Like, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's really it's like legitimately way funnier than I remember. <laughs> I'm waiting the whole movie like all right at some point he's going to have to talk to some US CIA dude and then fucking Joe Don Baker just saunters on the screen. <laughs> I was dying. Oh buddy, we're going to get to the the token US CIA character <laughs> as we get to these later movies. But uh, a couple things that I wanted to mention about this. Um, 
One of my favorite things about this movie, and it's always been one of my favorite things about this movie, and I think it's one of the reasons that the uh, the video games resonated so much, you know, with the, the whole character select thing that was going on there. The, like, the secondary characters in this movie are all so, 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 so good. Like, fucking Boris and Valentine and the Colonel and, like, like, everyone in this movie. Just, like, they all have a part to play, and in all of their cases, it's interesting. And I love it. I love it so much. I just love being in the world of this movie. I feel like I could live in this movie because every character in this movie is so cool. If there's one thing I've learned this week, it's that all of the Brosnan movies are incredibly watchable. Yeah. Like, at uh, well, Dirt Worst, you're having a good time with that, taking three hours to sit through on TNT. Buddy, we'll get to that. Oh, buddy. <laughs> as as an aside here, before we get to the... Uh, um, before we get to the main feature, because one of our good friends and auxiliary characters reappears in The World's Not Enough. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Who else, at some point, while watching these movies, looked at Valentine's face and went, Oh, fuck, is that Hagrid? At a thousand percent. Yep. One hundred thousand percent. I'm sure Chris looked at him and said, Oh, fuck, is that Mr. Hyde from the Van Helsing movie? (laughs) Well, you see... He'd also be correct. (laughs) I've seen this large man waddle around and talk all whimsically before. My my last note on Goldeneye before we move on. Did Famke Jansen, like, bring BDSM into the mainstream by herself with this movie? I remember watching this movie with a friend who had a very Christian upbringing, and that scene did things to him, and it was very uncomfortable. I was watching him process, like, a whole world that he didn't know existed at, like, the age of 12. It was, I, it was I uncomfortable. Like, like, I remember where the internet was in 1998, and I feel like at least 2% of the posts must have been Famke Jansen, please stomp on my balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, percent We're not wrong, though. If you haven't seen Goldeneye in a while. That is it my... It has been some time. My two, t- like, memories from that movie are for England James and watching my friend just, like, discover a woman crushing a man to death with her thighs and, like, his, <laughs> watching his brain process it in real time. It was... There's a, there's a lot of uh, memories associated with this movie for me. No, oh, buddy, a lot of discovery. So then I watched Tomorrow Never Dies, which is a movie about a man that loves content so much <laughs> so that he's willing to start a world war over it. I, wa- I too, it's watched them back to back. It was <laughs> a powerful four hours. <laughs> yeah. Little did I remember, like, oh, it's just some guy who <laughs> loves news. Yeah, like yeah. If we get people to nuke each other, we'll make a lot of money. They made some Aaron Sorkin bullshit. The fucking like God Emperor of Earth, because he just loves the goddamn news so much. Now Parker, tell me about Doctor Kaufman. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> He's the most aggressive German 1960s character I've he ever is. seen in a movie, including movies from the 1960s. He is the most Aryan man I've ever seen <laughs> in my fucking life. <laughs> He's so fucking cool. Who should this Bond henchman be? All right, well, he's six foot six, and he's blonde, got blue eyes, and he's got a thick German accent. 
Nasty is going to talk about stabbing you in your dick chakra. Do not oh. worry about it. Oh, you thought I meant that guy. <laughs> I meant the, the guy way. that's in the one scene in the hotel room where Terry Hatcher dies. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who wears a top hat. It basically oh, sounds British, except that he says jaw a lot. Oh <laughs> He's incredible. He's oh an God. absolute treasure. You should have led with the top hat guy. <laughs> Man. Like, what have I been doing my whole life? Because like I said, I think I said it last time that all these movies have just congealed into one giant Sunday afternoon Bond marathon. And seeing them start to finish as their own separate entities. Boy, going from GoldenEye to like, so this guy fucking loves the news and he hates the Chinese. <laughs> Figure it out. My favorite thing is that he has some fat white dude as his hacker whose name is Mr. Gupta. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mr. Gupta. <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. He looks more like Haggard than the actual Haggard. <laughs> Just this round, hairy man hacking the fucking governments. Now, this this movie has a very convoluted plot. Also, as an aside before I move on from this movie... How well would this have done in China if it came out? Oh my god. Oh, well. <laughs> it would still be number one. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> the fact that like, alright, so who's this bonger going to be? Uh, should we get one of the women from Jackie Chan's stunt team? It'll be fine. Yeah. Turns out it works. <laughs> Let's have Terry Hatcher in it for ten minutes to like bait the way people. And then go from there. <laughs> There's a stealth ship. A stealth god, it's, ship. It's so fucking powerful. <laughs> what is the fucking I think I wrote down What is the pun at the very end when he kills Mr. Newsroom Oh god it's so fucking good Oh Mr. my god Newsroom. I don't remember Let me see <laughs> I mean, He's not That's, wrong yeah. <laughs> Damn it I let myself down by not writing it down I wrote down a lot for The World Is Not Enough <laughs> There's a lot of lines in that movie they were really feeling it by then. Oh, oh, it's it's give the people what they want. You forgot the first rule of mass media, Elliot. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. That's immediately after. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. <laughs> and then he gets the... eviscerated by a fucking giant drill. <laughs> All right. Oh, now, last but not least, we're going to jump forward in the Bond continuum a little bit to, to talk about Die Another Day. Because I definitely highlighted over License to Kill on the TV and got the remote snatched out of my hand. So, you know, <laughs> another week. <laughs> so you know how the villain in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies was just a dude that wanted to make news, print money? Yes. You want to know what the villain in Die Another Day wanted? More than anything. Nothing that he didn't already have. <laughs> so this movie starts out... With uh, Pierce Brosnan stealing credentials from an arms dealer and going to North Korea to try and trade diamonds for weapons. He finds out they've been hiding all the weapons in the demilitarized zone. You know how? By putting them on hovercraft that don't trigger the landmines. Okay. Okay. Is the opening scene of Die Another Day a hovercraft chase? You bet your ass it is. Okay. (laughs) This needs to stop. (laughs) So Halle Berry's in this movie. She sure is. Unfortunately, because she is on screen a whole hell of a lot, and she is worse than she is in Catwoman in this. Uh, I 
It's probably very close. Buddy. I'm willing to I've find seen, out. I've seen this one before, though, so I know that he. it's definitely debatable. It is, it is pretty I, close. She's not good in this. I had not seen this since I saw it in theaters. So this was an experience, because I remembered nothing of it. I did not remember the North Korean colonel face-swapping with a white guy for <laughs> seemingly no reason. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this in some time. Maybe a If somebody years. can explain to me... The reasoning the white guy had to face swap with this known terrorist. I would be happy to hear it. I'm pretty sure by that point I'd stop paying attention to the movie. It's basically Bond on Ice for much of it. Well, so the first hour of this movie is, like, pretty typical Bond fare. And the second they go to the Ice Palace, the whole fucking thing goes off the rails. You realize that the bad guy's grand evil plan was actually completed weeks before anything in this movie happened. Wait, so it's just the Watchmen. Yeah, kind of. Remember how uh, we talked about the, the generic American CIA guy in the other movies? Yes. Yeah. Imagine the look on my face when I realized that in this movie it was Michael Madsen. Oh. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> that should be illegal. He yeah. does not trust those wily Brits. I one believe day. it. Jesus Christ. This movie is completely incoherent. It makes no sense whatsoever plot-wise. They basically they have a giant satellite that reflects the sun and they can use it as a weapon. But they choose not to use it as a weapon until after Bond has already found out that it could be a weapon. Because, like, you know, why would they not just blow up South Korea immediately like they want to? You know, whatever. <laughs> Rosamund Pike is there and needs more screen time, but instead loses a uh, sword fight despite being an Olympic fencer to <laughs> Halle Berry, who is uh, holding one of her swords like a dagger. Also, yeah. this happens on a plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CGI of this movie is abominable. It is unwatchably bad. I, I don't remember what year this came out, but... I 2002. Just oh. I'm so excited. Oh. <clears throat> if it, I'd had like, one like, more day, I probably would have watched it. You watch the first hour, and you're like, I don't get it. Why do people hate this movie? And then you get to the Ice Palace, and the security doors are made of ice, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> Actually, I remember, because I wrote down the exact moment where I realized that this movie sucked. So he does some shit in Cuba, gets some fights. It's pretty cool. You know, it's very, very Connery Bond for a lot of it. Then he boards a British Airways flight back home. London Calling starts playing. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck he on. parachutes down into London with a Union Jack parachute and lands on top of MI6. I feel like that was a joke in one of the Austin Powers movies. It, If it wasn't, it should have been. That is... Man... All right, Parker, what do you got for us? God bless Pierce Brosnan. He's so cool. Where to start? You know what? (laughs) Just go for it. Let's just start with the natural starting point here, which is mile 22. (laughs) Thank you. Go for it. Now, Alex, you know I have discussed this movie numerous times, so maybe you've told me and I forgot, but when this movie starts with a cold open of Mark Wahlberg and his team on a mission... And I see Ronda Rousey's face turn the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Like 30 seconds in, I'm already just laughing my fucking ass off. I'd also forgotten that Mark Wahlberg was an elite super soldier whose brain was too strong as a kid. And now he's like the government's most powerful weapon. (laughs) 
So And he shows what, you constantly by just babbling incoherently at the camera. What was his nickname as a kid? <laughs> I cannot say that on this podcast. I'm gonna say strong brain. <laughs> <laughs> There are literally like five or six scenes where he'll just start rambling for a solid 45 seconds with no one else in frame. <laughs> it happens over and then And then somebody over. always comments like, oh, he's so smart. Like, he's, just, he's just on a level beyond us. <laughs> His fucking brain is super saiyan. And then he's just talking like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's so fucking awesome there's the scene where they're getting the rundown and behind them is just a whiteboard that's completely empty except for a couple of catastrophes so like this dude's giving a speech you just see pearl harbor ted offensive 9-11 (laughs) (laughs) he's getting this fucking briefing and then he's got his partner who just her entire character is just arguing with her ex-husband over the phone and just screaming and over having, the like, secret covert satellite phone. Yes. <laughs> she just has like Tourette's attacks while talking about him every time. She would type like, oh, I can't wait to see my kid again, you motherfucking piece of shit! Just like <laughs> over and over again. And then out of nowhere, Eco you waste from the raid shows up and then there's like four incredible fight scenes in the middle of this stupid ass so movie. good. Yeah. <laughs> And then John Malkovich appears. <laughs> For <clears throat> my entire life, I have always known John Malkovich as a bald man. So I don't know where this hair came from. <laughs> but it is some of the worst hair I've ever seen on a human being. <laughs> like, it's just really shitty. Like, it's a Peter Berg movie, so it's... You know what you're getting. It's him and Mark Wahlberg doing some dumb cop shit. And then it'll just get stupidly violent out of nowhere. Like, it could be a solid PG-13 for, like, 20 minutes at a time. And then just, like, it, there's one scene where Eco Uwes is in a car, and he fucking slams a guy's throat first onto the broken glass of the window and just slides it back and forth, like, four times to slit his throat. And then it's just back to Mark Wahlberg throwing grenades. It feels like two completely different movies, and I love them both so much. And it's like 87 minutes. It's so good. You're in and out. You're done. It's Peter Burry is low-key, like, one of my favorite directors. Because <laughs> there's, like, this minimum of quality. Like, yeah, you know what you're going to get. Like, you're going to have a good time with this. It's not particularly good. But I know what you want me to talk about, and that is the scene. At the end of the movie. <laughs> Malkovich. So, we're watching this. And he goes, he's not a double agent. She's sitting next to me. She goes, he's a triple agent. And then John Malkovich says it. And the smile on her face. I've never seen her happier in my entire life. <laughs> the low-key funniest scene. Like It's the most inconsequential thing, but I wrote it down. Because it's like the first time Marky Mark gets betrayed because, you know, there's triple agents. And the dude's getting on the plane. It's about to take off. And you just hear Marky Mark from the tarmac going, Yo, what the fuck did you say? It's so <laughs> fucking funny. I've never seen more grenades thrown in a movie in my entire life. Like the entire <laughs> last, like, honestly, the entire like last hour is just people in protracted battles throwing grenades down streets and down hallways. This movie is essentially a bunch of Americans show up to this country and just fucking cause an international incident. It's 
I want a sequel yesterday so badly. I'm so ready for Mile it's, 24. It's so powerful. <laughs> the triple agent. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this line is real. When I heard it, it's... I I laughed so hard in the theater that people around me started laughing too. <laughs> I was, like, staring at her, waiting for the line to happen, and it was one of the most pure and joyous moments I've ever seen. <laughs> God fucking bless Peter Berg. Never stop. I will see all of them. Okay, so we watched Freddy Got Fingered last week. I say we, because I'm sure Chris watched it again. I might as well. And I was like, you know what? It's time to revisit some raunchy early 2000s, late 90s comedies. So, of course, I visited Sex Drive, the unrated cut. Which is the only movie I've ever seen in my life where the directors come on screen and go, Hey, you probably shouldn't watch this if you've never seen the movie because it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's it's your pretty standard fucking just shitty raunchy comedy, but I, I don't know why it works, but it works so fucking well. James Marsden is a shitty older brother who just constantly goes into tirades about them touching his shitty beat up old Ford. It's so powerful. <laughs> They do the thing that all those movies did where it's like, hey, you remember in American Pie where Blink-182 and that monkey watched Jason Biggs beat off on webcam? <sighs> well, here's Good Charlotte and Amish <laughs> Seth Green for like 20 minutes of your movie. Very powerful stuff. God, yes. So, most of what I watched was stuff I was assigned, but I was like, you know what? It's Christmas time. I'm going to watch something I want to watch. So I watched Gremlins and Gremlins 2 back to back. Nice. Y'all, Gremlins 2 is the best sequel. Do not at me. <laughs> Do not subtweet me. Because I'm correct. It, it does what I wish more sequels would do, is it takes the original concept, and it's like, how much fun can we have with this? How about we just step outside the box that we sort of put ourselves <laughs> in, and just go exploring? And it, it nails it better than almost any sequel I've ever seen. I, I Let's mean, just have... Christopher Lee show up holding like vials of poison to feed to monsters <laughs> like fucking why not man I hear what you're saying here I'm very pro Gremlins 2 my only counterpoint Evil Dead 2 I mean yeah I mean, that's, I, that, oh, that's an example of a movie do, that does a whole lot with the idea of taking this movie and it's not just a sequel it's like what if we do just a whole different thing with this it's yeah Evil Dead 2 takes place in the same creepy cabin but it's like they're just having fun with the concept it at this as opposed to the godfather part two which is the godfather just a continuation that's not really yeah. a whole lot of fun i understand it's a very great movie for some people but I, gremlins 2 is a <laughs> lot more entertaining in the sense that it's like look we have this thing whereas gremlins 1 was just a horror movie that takes place at christmas and gremlins 2 is just so much better i love the scene where that girl is uh, explaining what happened to her father and they're just like oh this again and the guy is like smiling <laughs> as he takes her off screen <laughs> oh my god parker i'm sorry the actual answer is too fast too furious but i mean that's a very close <laughs> second but is there a scene where hulk hogan has to stop the gremlins from ruining too fast too furious fair also <laughs> let, let's be real the best part of godfather part two is that there is no marlon brando well yeah <laughs> the less marlon brando i have the better unless it's the island of dr moreau <laughs> such a good movie now gremlins one is it a better movie if the ending scene of the theater ends like in glorious bastards oh, yeah. <laughs> just that yes. fucking laughing face on screen as they get cut down 
just asking questions here. When's the last time you've seen Small Soldiers? I'm also asking questions. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Is it about to be next week? Joe Dante's career has <laughs> has some dips and valleys. <laughs> oh, buddy. Chris, when's the last time you saw Looney Tunes back in action? <laughs> yeah, we can play probably this like last oh, week. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, humming, really? humming, humming. But for real, though, in Gremlins, is there a like, funnier, unintentionally funny scene than her describing her dad getting stuck in the chimney and dying? That's seriously it's, one of the funniest things. It's <laughs> funny because the first time I saw Gremlins, I was eight, and that scene made me cry. Oh. <laughs> and you watch it now, you're like, did that scene ruin her career? Because she was, like, never in anything ever yeah. again. No, do you know what came after those movies? Oh, tell me. Drop Dead Fred. Oh, that's... <laughs> Right in your wheelhouse, isn't it? <laughs> well, I do watch a lot of Fred movies. I wonder. I wonder who was too sexy for that movie. Uh, I put it together. Uh, it's no, I got it. To say about her, but uh, I, I, I do love both Gremlins movies. Everyone's like, "Oh, Gremlins is really fucked up. It's really violent and stuff like that." Yeah, dude, it fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> okay, so lucky number 11. Have you guys seen Pulp Fiction? Because <laughs> they sure have. I enjoyed it, but like the first 20 minutes, the dialogue was almost unbearable. <laughs> it's so late 2000s. It's very, very of its time, and you have to be ready for that, or else you're like, oh, fuck, I can't, I can't do this right now. But it's good to see Bruce Willis try. That's always welcome. I think that's the best movie he's made in like 20 years. I definitely (laughs) forgot Morgan Freeman's like a central character in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley being the crime bosses like adds a lot to that movie. Yeah. I did not know Lucy Liu was in it. There was a lot going on there. Yeah, I had a pretty good time with it, but it was a rough start, I'll be honest with you. A lot of talking the way it's, no human it's being so has ever it's so funny talked. how jim halpert staring into the camera and doing his dumb face ruined so many years of movies <laughs> really did and after that guys i watched flash gordon chris how have i gone my entire life without seeing flash gordon <laughs> right? i don't understand <laughs> I, I feel like i was born too late i feel like if i was born in the 80s I would just be like an even more disgusting version of myself. <laughs> it's, the fucking sets, the colors, the, the music, music, the horrible names, all the props, the costumes. Yo, like, speaking of movies that former James Bond actors were in. Oh, buddy. Boy, did I not know Timothy Dalton was a character. <laughs> the, the football scene. <laughs> it's, it's fucking, it's so good. Like, so much care and love is put into every single detail except for the main characters because they're dog <laughs> shit i fucking love like every single thing in the background is just like painstakingly painted and everyone's choreographed and they all have these elaborate costumes and this fucking idiot just rolls into a tank top this <laughs> dead eyes and no delivery it's i love it so much to this day no one knows who did his voice because he refused to do the voiceovers <laughs> that's so the main villain's like, name is Ming the Merciless. It's who so good. Him? Who's the actor? <laughs> Fucking. What's that down? 
It's so cool. <laughs> hey, you've been in all these like prestigious British movies. Put on this Fu Manchu and just fucking walk around in red robes all day. The man it's was so in good. the Seventh Seal. <laughs> now so... he's Ming the Merciless. Fucking Flash good. Gordon is so fucking good. I yeah. loved. And hearing that soundtrack and thinking like, man, this... This is the third most talented member of Queen, according to my friend Chris. It's funny because the best songs in there don't have him in it. He's not singing for him. It's mostly Brian May. So, yes, thank you. I'm right again. The Flash Gordon soundtrack is one of my best weapons in this argument. You did activate my trap card. (laughs) I knew I would. Like, the fucking final battle sequence of this huge siege on the castle with Queen playing? Like, Jesus Christ. It's such a good song, too. This will not be... Also, it turns out I spent my entire life just getting this mixed up with Masters of the Universe. Oh, very so for the first movies. ten minutes, I'm like, where is Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> There's no Dolph Lundgren. It's just Jets quarterback Flash Gordon. <laughs> but yeah, that was that will not be the last time I see Flash Gordon. Is that like <laughs> the best quarterback the Jets have ever had? A thousand percent. I think it has. Well, Brett Favre. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Chad Pennington is the second most accurate quarterback of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers don't lie, Chris. My trap card. <laughs> Another trap card he laid on me from Paris with Love. Oh yes. <laughs> the only thing I knew about this movie was what John Travolta looked like in it. So when I hit play, and the first thing I see is Luke Besson presents. I fucking cackled. Oh, no. So yeah, I did not realize this was the fucking. <sighs> Sorry. Let me just let me collect myself, because I'm remembering what it's like when we first see John Travolta. <laughs> the graphic tee he's wearing, the scarf on top of the graphic tee, the chain, the one earring, the goatee, and the perfectly smooth bald head around it. <laughs> this movie is bad. Every line, much like Lucky Number Eleven, is a horrible one-liner that comes out of his mouth. It's either exposition or the worst dialogue you've ever heard but my god is he committed to it a thousand percent like you cannot accuse him of taking a paycheck he is reaching for it as hard as he can possibly reach it is it is something it is worth seeing i would say because as ill-advised and terrible as all it is Watching him drop a huge suicide vest onto the top of a car, and the car exploding made me laugh so fucking hard. (laughs) Now, this movie has the worst line of dialogue I've heard in my fucking life. (laughs) Have either of you seen this fine film? I certainly have, but it's been a while. Oh, buddy. Let me refresh your memory. So, you know, it's uh, him and this new guy. They're bonding, you know, John Travolta's. He's a little crazy, but, you know, they're getting along, getting to know each other. And it's after, like, a pretty protracted action scene. They sit down. John Travolta approaches him with a paper bag. Bland white guy says, hey man, what's in the bag? Mr. Travolta replies, every man's got his vices. In my case, locals here call my vice a royale with cheese. I wanted to fucking kill myself. (laughs) I had to pause the movie for a bit and collect myself. It hurt me so bad. Do you get the reference? Do you know what Yeah, I fucking is? got it. I got it. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Guys, I haven't seen that movie. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> well, let me explain this. The reveal an hour into this movie is that his fiance is a sleeper Pakistani agent <laughs> who was turned by an Islamic extremist. 
It's real good. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> it's the same guy who made Taken, and I would watch this over Taken 10 times out of 10. Great. And Are I you like also anti Taken? I remember liking it the time I saw it, but I liked a lot of dumb shit back then, and also now. I have not revisited it since it came out. I, I so, don't have a lot of strong opinions on Taken. I've seen Taken once. I was on a first date at the time. It was the most fun first date I ever went on because we both fucking hated it and we just trashed it the whole time. I still maintain that entire movie happened because he tried to get his daughter a shitty little gift and the new dad comes in and gives her a pony. And he just <laughs> carried that rage all the way to the fucking Europe and just murdered people. Oh, boy. God, I just saw what's coming soon. But before that, Chris, I don't have much to say about Wait Until Dark, except that it's really fucking good, and that jump scare still got me. That's, see, that's a, my favorite thing it's about it, perfect. is you think you see it coming. You think you see it coming, and boom, it's a different one. Like The only thing I knew about this movie was that jump scare from that 100 scariest movie moments from right. like a decade Everyone ago. Knows it for that. Like I know exactly where it's coming from. I she fell asleep on my shoulder. I was watching with headphones in, and I leapt, and it woke her up. And she was <laughs> like, "It's so good." That movie fucking rules. I think she. I think Audrey Hepburn gives a really good performance in it too. I enjoyed the shitty little kid just like throwing all of her stuff on the ground for no reason. Yeah, just yelling yeah. at this blind woman. Yeah, that movie, it fucking slaps. Well, kids are shitty, so it's a realistic portrayal. <sighs> so. <laughs> Remember when he assigned me Planet of the Apes? <laughs> yeah. So I watched two Mark Wahlberg movies this week, guys. <laughs> That's a Boston weekend right there. <laughs> I know we talked about this when we first did that episode, but that episode's bad, so don't go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, we're sorry. But the the fact that Tim Roth turned down a role in Harry Potter <laughs> because he thought this was going to be a new franchise is one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my life. It's so much funnier when you see his portrayal in this movie. He is... Oh, you mean he's going... Was, was Tim Roth supposed to be Snape? Oh, God. Because I, I could see that. I, I could absolutely see it. He must have had a lot of quiet nights just staring out the window. Every single this, thing he does in this movie, the scene where he's jumping back and forth. <laughs> he's just fucking like hunched over, kind of walking around going. I feel like every time that he watches this movie, he just calls Quentin Tarantino and asks if he's making a new movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll say the N word, whatever. I have an accent, it'll be charming. I gotta do what with feet? Okay. <laughs> like, remember between... the monkey sex scene. <laughs> Oh, trust me. <laughs> Between fucking astronaut Mark Wahlberg and nuclear physicist Denise Richards, I have had a difficult afternoon. <laughs> Forget that, like every single scene with him as a as a as an astronaut is like, boy, I really have to take this one on the chin, don't I? Yeah, it's like, all right, movie. I, I I'm willing to go with the only so far. I gave you talking monkeys, but you gotta fucking reel it in. How about that banger of an ending? Oh, dude. <laughs> the thing about this is, like, you look at it, you're like, oh, this is going to be fucking stupid. It's so boring. It's so fucking boring. Yeah. There were so many times I would, like, pause and look down and go, how the fuck am I only 45 minutes? I've been here for years. <laughs> it's so, just nothing happens. And, you know, that's that's one thing I actually forgot to say about the Bond movies. All of those movies are over two hours long, which is generally yes. a big no-no for me. And all of those movies, you look down, and you're like, oh, I'm probably, like, you know, fucking 30 minutes into this. 
Or, or like, okay, so let me put it this way. Um, we meet Boris in, uh, in Goldeneye. And you look down, and that's like the 35-minute mark, and you have no idea. You have no idea it's been that much time. Yeah, You're like, it's, oh, it's probably like 18, 19 minutes. Like, no, it's been almost twice. They use their times efficiently, which uh, Planet of the Apes does not. It's just a bunch of fucking monkey people just screeching See, for a solid hour of it. I think the worst part is it doesn't teach you anything. You don't learn anything about yourself. The original one's still a masterpiece. I still love going back to watch it, and it has way better performances than this does. Well, I guess I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say is the fucking makeup is oh, yeah. incredible. It's, it's so yeah. fucking good. It's like, some of the best. Rick Baker must be so protected. Tim Burton, though. Like, if look, he can do one thing it right, it's just to make all of yeah, his people look pretty. I yeah, think he, some I, I wonder if he has too. like the same people every single time. I assume that he does. Oh, look, I assume that he Rick just Baker, gets Johnny just... Depp and Helena Bonham Carter to do all the makeup in all his movies. <laughs> I've never heard it's the emphasis placed on that syllable. I'm sorry, Helena. <laughs> so long and good night, dude. All right. What else do you watch? <laughs> I have one thing left to talk about, Chris. I'll see you at the crossroads. <laughs> yes. What is crossroads Fucking... about? Buddy, I can't wait to tell you. Three friends bury some stupid time capsule shit when they're kids. Jump cut to graduation. Britney Spears, Zoe Saldana, and one of the girls from 8 Mile. Three people <laughs> that have drifted apart, but tonight they come back together. How does this move? So I'm it's wondering, movie, okay. Right? Buddy, <laughs> we'll get there. So I'm wondering, like, okay. Why does this movie exist? First scene, Britney Spears dancing in her underwear. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's, what, that's what you're doing, okay. <laughs> first problem with this movie, first scene. You're going to try and tell me. That Dan Aykroyd's seed made Britney Spears. <laughs> All right, movie. Okay, fucking whatever. You is this, say whatever is this you more want. or less offensive than Tony Shalhoub fathering Shannon Elizabeth? It's one A, one B, because his <laughs> fucking head next to her, like at her peak, is criminal. So she goes to the dance with her boyfriend Justin Long. They go to no. they go to the dance where Bowling for Soup is playing. One of the three songs of theirs on the soundtrack. None of them are the songs you know. Ten minutes in, she's in her underwear again. And they're they're ready to bang. She's having second thoughts about it. So she asks Justin Long to pull out the list of reasons that they should bang each other. Would you guys like to hear the list? Of course. Number one. They've been lab partners for three years and they trust each other. Oh, well. Number two. They're no, both 18. The <laughs> <laughs> They're both 18, and they've never done it. They're consenting adults, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, number three, yeah. they both want to. I would think the consent would be one above lab partners. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and number four, and most important of all, please, please, come on, I'm begging you, please, let's do it, please. Verbatim. He literally grovels and begs, please, God, just fucking, just fucking fuck me, please. Parker, did please he make this before or after accepted? <laughs> I think <laughs> I before. forgot accepted. <laughs> I sure didn't. The scene is him sitting in bed with her, begging and pleading, please, God, just jerk my dick. I'm begging you. They decide not to, and he's never seen again. <laughs> That's his <laughs> only scene in the movie. He has to go back to Wayne Manor. <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh my gosh, just fucking touch it, please. 
It's... Dave. Dave, look at it, Dave. <laughs> Come and touch it, Dave. <laughs> so, Zoe Saldana is doing a Georgian accent that is just powerful. Like Georgia the country that uh, yes. the world's not enough takes in? Takes place in? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> so, it's road trip time. They all have a bunch of stuff they want to do. Brittany wants to see her mom. I don't remember what the... Uh, Zoe Saldana wanted to see her fiancé because they're in a long-distance relationship. And the white trash one wanted to be in some singing competition. It doesn't matter. Okay. So they <laughs> they need a guy with a car. So they meet Ben, this dead-behind-the-eyes white dude with a jawline. And then <laughs> they say, oh, he may have killed someone. On to the next scene. Which is them performing at a lingerie, would be a strip club, but it's not a strip club, while shaky ass by mystical plays. And then (laughs) this movie takes a turn. They made a whole bunch of cash. They're feeling great. They're all in a nice hotel room together. They're all trading stories. Just a bunch of fun childhood stuff. They're rekindling their friendship after growing apart. And then it's trailer trash. It's time to tell her a story. And in the middle of this fucking road trip movie starring Britney Spears, this woman tearfully tells them that she got drunk at a party and a dude raped her and now she's pregnant. I shit you not. That is now the driving force of this movie. So we go back to the fun road trip. You guys like road trips, right? Oh, yeah. There's a couple more scenes of them bonding. Um, the dude wants to read Britney Spears' poem, which is just the lyrics to Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> they drive, like, all the way across the country. Britney shows up at her mom's house. She finally gets to meet her, and Kim Cattrall opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> they sit down for a bit. And then we cut to later that night where Britney Spears shows up at her, to her friend's hotel in tears, because Kim Control told her she was a mistake and she doesn't want anything to do with her. <laughs> so the movie continues. So her life is ruined. Her dreams are dead. But let's go hang out with Zoe Saldana's fiance. This is where we learn. In a... We find out oh, he's no. cheating on her. And it's a big to-do. This is where we find out that her fiance... Was the one at that party who yep. raped her friend and put a baby in her. What? There's a yep. physical altercation. Said girl with baby in her tries to run away, falls down the stairs. Oh, we cut to the hospital from Scrubs. She tells everyone that she had decided to keep the baby, but it miscarried. This isn't a Britney Spears movie? Yes. Yep. So Parker, as you talk about this, I've looked up the cover to it's uh Cross or, pretty good, or right? maybe just the poster to uh it. And uh Huh. This is <laughs> yeah. uh so the miscarriage and the rape. Um They seem to be Parker, having a pretty good time. I thought the rape scene went well. But you know what? She gives Britain your blessing, hey, you should go to that audition instead of me. And then she does, and then she does really well. Movie's over. <laughs> it's one of the most baffling 90 minutes of my life. Baffling. I will cherish it forever. Parker, I would just like to say, you're welcome. 
I will never forget that. I did not expect my jaw to drop like four different times in the span of this movie. Man. And I think that's it for me. Nothing right. Nothing else could possibly top what, <laughs> the, what I went through. <laughs> like, at one point, they're all just singing bye, bye, bye in the car, having a great time. And then 20 minutes later, she's just telling them that she was raped at a party. It's... <sighs> They treat us so cavalierly. Well, whatever. This is such a powerful episode. Chris, what do you got for us? Okay. An hour in. So, yeah. So, no, editing, this is going to be a blast. Um, I'll just leave it all in. We didn't do anything that objectionable yet. I mean, yeah, I've been fine you so say far. that, but I'm about to tell you Harlan Ellison's connection with the Terminator series. You see, back in 1957, Mr. he wrote Jay. a story. <laughs> all right, uh, tune in next week for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. Yeah, no. I gotta, I gotta wake up early. Well, all of a sudden. As it turns out, his name is in the credits of the first Terminator movie because... Uh, the guy stole his uh, story and made it into a movie. Anyway, yada yada yada, etc. etc. It's a facto. I watched Terminator <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> Terminator hey, Genesis he, has that girl from that show that Alex really likes, uh, Amelia Clark. She does. Uh, who knows? And it I'm also sorry, has... you must be in the other Alex, right? <laughs> Remember when I told you that he had butts a helicopter, but I didn't tell you that Jai Courtney's the main character. <laughs> That's the meanest thing I put this on thinking, oh, can't wait for the head put the helicopter scene, which is, by the way, sounds like something that Yellow Cyclone would say. And uh, Jai <laughs> Courtney's name is the first one mentioned before Arnold, and I nearly turned Got off the him. TV. <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> so as it turns out, the movie looks great on a big screen TV. A big surprise came out in 2015. This movie fucking sucks. Why? Just let the series die. Honestly, Terminator could have died after the first one. It would have been fine. The second one's a great movie. Yeah, but Chris, we haven't had an origin story yet, so you know. You know what? Actually, we did. It was called The Terminator. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of those movies. You know, one of the things that the Terminator movies did a really good job of was not showing the apocalyptic future. And this movie is set in the apocalyptic future for like 20 minutes, and it looks like dog shit. And it's really embarrassing. It's it, it's a bunch of people who did not think this through at all. And is it like really orange with a bunch of dead trees? No, I wish. I them, isn't it mostly in sewers? No, it's the the movie. Once they get going, it takes place in the sewers. But uh, oh, even be, better at the beginning. That's, no, that's, it's we're furry and it's forlorn. It's so stupid. We live in sewers, love in sewers, and <laughs> we laugh. <laughs> we cry or you're gonna fit oh whatever anyway no. I, I was letting you take the verse dude. oh no anyway <laughs> anyway um it's there's a bunch My of cyborgs the beginning with the stupid like me. fucking skulls and the teeth and everything it's fucking absurd uh jai courtney as you would expect is awful um Who's the guy from the Farmers commercials? He was in Whiplash, Spider-Man movies. Oh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. I forget his name every single time. That dude is actually pretty good in this movie. What a waste of a good actor. I'm, I'm really embarrassed. Parker, I'm sorry. I have not yet watched the Red Letter Media Science Man's analysis oh, of the should. Terminator Genesis. Uh, Watching them break down the entire Terminator timeline is very powerful. So you realize kind of early, like midway through the first act, that, oh, this is not a remake of the first Terminator movie. It's an alternate timeline. And I think to myself, okay, I think I can do the math in my head. And about 10 minutes later... I could not do that math in my head. <laughs> the fucking yeah, reveal is the... like, hey, uh, I can't travel through time with these, so I'm just going to chill here for like 40 years. See you in the next scene. That's the funny thing about alternate timelines in movies. It, it, 
completely invalidates the stakes of not only that movie, but all other movies in that franchise. I think you made a similar point back when Joel went overseas to go watch the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is that the point I made? That was one of them. (laughs) It's funny every time. I could have just said about Harry Potter's Time Turner in the third book, but I have to give a shout out to my friend Joel. You know I had to do it to him. Can we... we... Can we make his selfie from in front of the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child like uh like playbill? Uh, like, can we make that our we have to art? we have to masturbate it and put it in the studio. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> also, just, just make, saying. Make I fucking... do not have that picture. If someone wants to hook me up with that, that'd be most. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Yeah, please put that in the in the Skype. Anyway, uh, thoughts right? on Terminator Genesis? <laughs> it is a bad movie. It is correct. I guess the worst movie that I watched this week. Um, but even then, it's, it's not that awful. It's not that egregious. It just it represents something to me that I don't like. And guess what? They're going to make more Terminator movies Why? next year. Why? Just just stop. Isn't it them. so cool that they gave away that Jason Clark is the bad guy in all of the trailers and posters? Hey, guess what? I'm, who cares? It's not like you're going to make me watch it anyway. <laughs> you, can, you can check your. Uh... Now we have to talk about a movie that I think you guys have been waiting for. I have to get kind of close to the mic here. <laughs> Sorry. Give me a second. It just loaded. <laughs> here we go. Oh, He's I so can. Cool. I might have to see it. Oh, I'll see it later. Okay. <clears throat> Spring break. Spring break forever. Guys, look at my shit. Look at my <laughs> shit. <laughs> this seems like a movie that's, I guess it's subversive. Uh, this seems like a movie that was designed to be like, look at our party movie. Selena Gomez and her sexy friends go out to the beach. Is that James Franco? It's riffraff. What a wild ride. And then you get it's, in there. And I, I love that you mentioned only Selena Gomez and not all of the Disney starlets. That I star forgot her. the other one. <laughs> Because it's it's well, her. It's Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson. Who are I don't both, know but... Ashley Benson. And well, I... Ashley Benson, my good friend Parker would know from Pretty Little Liars. But uh... <laughs> I'd admit, right? You know what that. it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I didn't like this anywhere near as much as you guys did. And I have to admit, for like the first part of the movie, I was like kind of turned off because the the uh, the score, the uh, musical score, it takes itself really, really seriously. And uh, if it sounds like I'm shivering, it's actually freezing this house. So anyway, uh, the score takes it a little too seriously, which is done by fucking uh, Skrillex does uh, bits and pieces of it, which is absurd. (laughs) Um, It just seems like it's not a very pleasant watch. I don't think I'd want to go back and rewatch it. And then (laughs) I'm I'm just going to call his character Riff Raff uh, because that is what James Franco is doing. Uh, he is so much fun to watch in this. People are campaigning to get him an Academy Award nomination. God, I think he might have earned one for it because he's so much fun to watch. I fucking hate James Franco, and he's incredible. In yeah, movie. he is the most fun in this. Uh, seeing Gucci Mane is great. Uh, close <laughs> personal friend Burr. of uh, Robert Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot about that picture of Gucci Mane talking at that elementary school. <laughs> Note that he only became friends with Gucci Mane after Myra died, so... So, (laughs) That'll happen. R.I.P. Matt the Dinosaur. Yeah. Um, Anyway. uh, Every time I think about the scene where he's in the car, and he, like, says something, and then yells burr and peels away, in my brain, it's always, maybe that's because I cut the brakes. 
<laughs> no, he actually was mentioning something about Christmas. So technically, this is a Christmas movie. Merry holidays. Um, I can understand why this became kind of like a critical darling, just because it's so out there, you know? And I guess I understand what the movie's trying to do, but it didn't really reach me. I didn't have spring break vacations like this. Uh, speaking of movies that I'm kind of in between the critical consensus and Alex's uh, I th- idea here, I watch Cocktail starring. <laughs> now, give me a second. Starring Tom Cruise. And uh, he is. God, he's so easy on the eyes. Just every he's single so movie he's ever made, he's just so way. easy on the eyes. Uh, Cocktail is about uh, Tom Cruise as a bartender, a flair bartender, where he twirls bottles before he pours the drink. <laughs> it sure is. He gets extra tips because he uh, he threw the bottle up in the air and he caught it. It was hard to do. And, uh, <laughs> the 80s, man. Get, cut him some slack. We have to talk about the Razzies. This movie won the Razzie for Worst Picture. People, please stop putting this in the Wikipedia article because no one gives a fuck about the Razzies. Yeah, Jesus Christ, dude! If you're telling me, dog shit. if you're trying to tell me that uh, Catwoman won the Razzie for Worst Picture, oh no, fucking shock, dude! All right, like of course a bad movie won the Worst Picture. Now this is an example of a movie that definitely did not deserve it. I can think of like three worst movies off the top of my head, and all three of them were on MST, but. This one is this is competent. I can understand what it's trying to do. The performances are very, very good. So uh, obviously, Tom th- Cruise is the best. I think I can explain why this received such negative critical feelings. Obviously, having no idea what life was like in 1988 and never wanting to know. I think it was the whole pregnancy subplot that just like really throws you for a loop. It took too long, about, about, actually. Well, so it's a combination of, like, oh, Tom Cruise is this cool bartender, and then he goes to the islands, and then his best friend kills himself, and his girlfriend is pregnant. Like, it's just, like, it's it's very fast that all of these things happen. It kind of feels like it's almost a series of vignettes. It takes too long. It's also nothing like the book at all. So I There's a book? Oh, yeah. This is based on a book that was actually really well-known, apparently, and it's a completely different story. It's about an older guy who sort of finds himself bartending, and this is just, yeah, let's cast a young guy, and he bartends, and uh, I guess at some point he fucks a rich chick, too. Uh, there's a lot that does not work in this movie, but it's harmless. This isn't even, like, a bad movie. This is fine, and it's actually it's actually worth watching for a number of scenes. It's, there's it's, some good stuff in here. This is... Chris, have you seen Days of Thunder? Uh, yeah. Okay. This and Days of Thunder, I feel like, are exhibits 1A and 1B of why Tom Cruise is, like, our last great movie star. Because neither of those movies have any business working at all. Like, they're poorly written. The supporting cast is dog shit. No one really has anything to do, and you're just still totally transfixed by Tom Cruise the whole time. Oh, yeah. He's... That's the thing. It's like, this isn't even, like, a superstar performance. This is not a Rain Man. This is not a, you know... He's so fucking charming in this movie. And this movie doesn't deserve that performance. Every single time I see him, people are like, yeah, he's a super weirdo. He's like, maybe he's never seen a movie in real life. I see this as like, God, he is the best alien pretending to be a human being I've ever seen. He's just so good at being so charming. Uh, The next one I watched also has uh, Tom Cruise. This is The Color of Money. First of all... I wish all Martin Scorsese movies began with a Martin Scorsese monologue. Just him explaining yeah. Nineball to me, it's like, dude, you got me right here. I don't even play pool. I don't even like it, and now I'm interested. Uh, Paul Newman, I mean, you just you can see he still had it 
he's still a lot of fun to watch in this. Uh, Tom Cruise is good. I, it's weird. I think he might have been a little bit better in Cocktail, but uh, he's really, really good. I, I agree. No, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. And I, I think it's that he, it's not that he had, he had much more to do in The Color of Money, mm-hmm. but he had much more screen time to soak up at cocktail. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of the color money was like, remember Paul Newman from 25 years ago. It's like, yeah, you know, we, we get it. Paul Newman's fucking incredible. I have to say this is a good movie, but it's not a good Martin Scorsese movie. This is not one where you're going to remember. Yeah. Remember when Martin Scorsese did the color of money. It, it's right. not like his thing. There's, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on. The, the writing is you know, is really, like, the strongest part of it. Um, I, I like what's going on. I think the ending was a little 80s uh, sports movie for me. Uh, in fact, the entire plot is an 80s sports movie sort of thing, but it's also so enthralling that you don't care. It's, it's an this 80s is, sports movie done really well. This is maybe my favorite sports movie ever. And, okay, I so... I know that a pool movie is not going to be considered by a lot of people their favorite sports movie. I have some caveats with that. Uh, one, Jerry Maguire doesn't count for me because Jerry Maguire would win all awards for me if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And number two, the movie that is in contention with this movie for my favorite sports movie is Rounders, which also a lot of people wouldn't consider to be a sports movie. Mm-hmm. So, well, as everyone knows, I, I guess maybe some don't. And this is a sequel to The Hustler, which came out in 1961, which is a very, very well done movie. This might be better. I'm not entirely sure. I might need to go back and rewatch The Hustler. Here's the thing. I One of the things that I do remember very strongly from The Hustler is Jackie Gleason's performance, which is standout. That man could flat out act. And they couldn't get him back here because his character wasn't written very well, so he turned it down. Uh, but yeah, Color of Money definitely works. I, I like it a lot. Thank you for assigning it. One last comment on that, like, before we get away from it. I think the big difference between The Hustler and this for me, because I've seen them both a couple times now, mm-hmm. I feel like Paul Newman has more in the way of foils and more to interplay off other characters in this movie. I feel like in The Hustler, it's, while you said absolutely true things about Jackie Gleason, Mm -hmm. the way that that movie is written doesn't give the characters a lot of room to interplay with one another. And this movie, it's like, you two just go wild and just talk about dumb shit. And that's, that's what... A movie about a pool hustler needs. Also, both lead actresses were really good. So yes, yeah. completely agree. Yeah. Um, anyway, next movie uh, is the Babadook, which uh, can't believe it took me this long to get to the Babadook. Uh, this is an excellent movie. I I am very close yes. to calling it a masterpiece. Um, as far as a morality tale, I I don't think I've ever seen anything better from a horror movie in that case, as far as having a message. Uh, the first act of this movie is really, really hoping that the Babadook will kill this kid. I'm completely serious. I, I want him either dead or put him in a home. I cannot stand this fucking kid. And every single person I've talked to has agreed with me, saying, I cannot stand that fucking kid. And by the middle of the second act, I was I was repentant, and I felt really bad for having felt that. And the movie wants you to feel that way. And I totally respect it. And so by the third act, I was I was getting to it. I was like, okay, here's your ending. What are you going to do with it? Like, Because I, I like what I say. I like what I see. And then it's still there. And I'm like, you know what? I love uh, what the movie is trying to do. The biggest problem I have with it I was not scared in the slightest. Uh, and that is kind of bothersome. One guy I talked to says it is not a scary movie, and everyone else said it was horrifying. You know, everyone is having nightmares and stuff. Uh, I watched it at work, uh, so maybe there's a glare on the laptop, but at one point, all the lights went out during a scary scene, 
and it didn't even phase me. I had to pause and like, oh, I guess I'll just fix the light. It wasn't even like close to scaring me. I love so many ideas. I love the book itself. I wish I had got one. <laughs> I can't Dude, believe Same. I, yeah. I hate myself for not getting they're it. They're mad expensive, too. And apparently they were I, when they were being produced. I think the reason this movie worked so well on me was being a child of divorce and, like, having the memories of being around, like, just my mother as, like, an eight-year-old, you mm-hmm. know, and, like, getting yeah. a bedtime story read to me. And I think that that really resonated with me, and that's why this movie kind of shook me in ways that most horror movies don't. Did you bring a nail crossbow to school? Uh, give it time. <laughs> 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 as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, okay, put Junior in the home. I don't need him anymore. And uh, I have to admit, the movie works really, really well. When she indulges him at the end, I was I was very, very happy. And uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, it's like, why did you read that book to him? You should have flipped through. I was like, I don't remember this. It doesn't have a copyright page. I'm like, come on. But uh, yeah, The Babadook works really well. Uh, next I watched... Well, I am, I'm so happy to talk about this. Uh, Gunjam, Haunted Asylum. Yes. This is the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's, wow. I, I am going right out there and saying that. I And here's what gets me about it is I've watched so many horror movies, most of them signed from the show, and I, I, have, I had a feeling for a long time, maybe I'm just not scared by horror movies. Like some mm-hmm. of the old ones get me. Shining still gets me. Uh, a couple of the, you know, the classics, they still get me in a way. There's a scene in Freaks that still gets me, and that's from fucking 1932. But for most of them, I wasn't really scared. I, I can understand. I would call uh, Nightmare on Elm Street a scary movie, but it didn't really scare me. Gonjam, maybe it was the way that I watched it. So I watched it uh, late in the night, early in the morning, all the lights off all by myself in my room. And I listened to it with my headphones plugged into the PS4 controller, which apparently does not allow you to adjust volume. So it was super fucking loud. Would it, Correct. Would it get to that scene? I've made this mistake many times. <laughs> would it get to the scene with the black sclera and the uh, and the slurping oh, noises? That got me. That was right there. I was yeah. like, holy fucking shit! And the scene with the uh, with the nude man in that room. Here's what I love about that scene. Uh, the it's she thought she walked into the tent, and instead she's in a completely different area. That to me just reminds me of some of the best moments of Silent Hill. Yeah, you're gonna love Hill House. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's, you- yeah. And it's not even like oh the scene where he rushes towards her at the end. That's not what that's not what is scary. It's it's, it's the, the looks to the doorknob and back. Yeah, and the, it's yeah. It's so slow. It's and because this because you yeah. know it's coming exactly, and yeah. you just have to sit there and wait. I think my like thing the is last. Like, it comes. Sorry, from, yeah, sorry. I, I want to get this out of the way. Yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah. right after the the black sclera scene where she's slurping, which again that noise is just ugh. and uh, it's so fast and she's running and she's screaming and then she's in there and that scene feels like it takes an hour. She's just looking back and forth yeah. and he's just she's oh just God. trying to strafe around and, and that thing is just following her the entire time and you know what face is up there but it never shows you but you know that face is up there and she's just scared of mine and the movie is really good at splitting things up the close ups on their faces in any other movie. I I would despise it but here it was great with the palate cleanser that part with the hands that part with the hands yeah yeah that was it was such a good use of the camera angle yeah it was i mean because any other movie again i would despise it and here's the thing about the movie for those of you who don't know what it is this is not a spoiler even though it gives away the entire plot uh a group of six korean people and their tv producer go into a haunted uh, insane asylum and uh at first it looks like the tv producer is like sort of setting up some of the scares and they're uh, doing it all for clicks and stuff like that but uh towards the end it looks like it was really haunted the entire time and they all die it's 
of course. This is what you're going to get for a found footage horror movie like this. That is not a spoiler. Everyone expects it. What you don't expect is the way that they do some of these scares. There is so much in there that's so hard to see, but you can sort of hear it. You know, you can you can understand what's going to happen in there. And the part where the woman gets scratched, you're just like, well, that's barely a threat. But, like, you don't need gore in a movie like this. The other thing about it is the characterization at the beginning. Um, sorry, I sound like I'm really passionate about it, but I, I, I can't even, this is a great movie. No, uh, please, like, go off of this yeah. movie. See, like, okay, this is another one of those movies that made me miss South Korea. At one point, I was I found myself jealous of how well they spoke their own language, uh, which is embarrassing. Um, the, the one thing about it is uh, the character of Charlotte, who is Korean-American and speaks almost perfect English, she said one word that is not English. Uh, Parker, remember back uh, in the Red Letter Media review of Ghostbusters, the remake, no one in the history of speaking the English language has ever said the word Electro. That is a Superman <laughs> villain. <laughs> so <laughs> she says that out loud. Um, she is dropped dead gorgeous in this. Everyone in this movie yeah. is very, very Smoke attractive. Show. But yeah. uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's to be expected for anything made in Korea. But you yeah. have to have it. That's the thing is that she's a pretty one. And all the other ones are playing like they're they're all very well done. You know. Okay. Even the guys look really good. But uh, yeah. here is the biggest problem with Go and Jump Hunted Asylum. This is actually the worst movie I've seen all year. And the reason for that is that the guy does all of this for content, and he's viewed as a bad person. <laughs> he is a martyr for content. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I wish he watched Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> god, yeah. <laughs> we'll reconvene tomorrow. Okay, so, in, all, in all seriousness, Go and Jump Haunted Asylum is yet another masterpiece. Here's one, I guess one last thing I'll let you guys give your other thoughts on because I would love to hear you guys talk about it. I'll probably have another go-off segment here. But uh, as far as found footage movies, I still put it second best to the original Blair Witch because yeah. there are things with Blair Witch that are just unfair. That that baby scene at the beginning, Parker, that's, yeah. I mean, you it is impossible to recreate. And the other thing is that Haunted Asylum and Blair Witch are two stellar examples in the genre and a movie that knows exactly what it's trying to do. It's trying to do one to three things specifically and it tries to do them very well. It doesn't try to do a million things like the third Blair Witch does. This this is a very, very focused movie. It has an idea. There is no moral to this besides don't fuck around in Haunted Asylums. There is no message to this and the mystery is never truly solved. You do not need it. You will be thinking about this anyway. I gave it the nightmare test as soon as it was done i went to sleep and i had nightmares yeah i uh, so i i know that probably you guys and most people that are listening don't remember when i first talked about this which was like god almost a year ago at this point yeah i do because i was checking ip torrents every fucking week waiting for it (laughs) i was so excited uh so one question i have for you chris as somebody that fancies himself a korean speaker (laughs) I I remember when I like my comments on this movie and I wasn't sure if I played myself with the you know the translation that was on screen mm-hmm. was they kept referring to the the guy that was directing the whole show as the captain in English like the the, the English translation of the yeah. word was captain yeah and I wasn't sure if there was a word that was something that was closer to director that was supposed to turn it's, you off it of means this- it actually does mean director. They should have said that. It, it's the same thing you would call like the head of a school or the head of a company or something. Do uh, you notice they didn't just call him captain? Occasionally they would call him boss, like they're Pokemon villains. Yeah. Yes, but the, the reason the reason that it 
it grabbed me was because I never saw the word director on screen in English, despite mm-hmm. the fact that there was supposed to be an obvious parallel between the director of the the insane asylum when all the patients were there mm-hmm. and the director of the film crew, and you were supposed to make that bridge, and I didn't know if that was just the way they translated the movie or if that was intentional. I, like, I think I know exactly what they were trying to do. It's, it's a translation thing. There's another era where they said a woman hung herself, it should have been hanged. It's, it's like little stuff like that. Uh, the other thing about it, I, I should have mentioned, I don't know if I went into this in enough detail in the first act. What a great way to establish your characters. These yes. are such a, it's such a likable group. There's no one in here who's like super perfect and you want to see them survive, but this is just a group that you want to follow. They're very funny with each other. They're great at making, they're great at telling jokes that anyone in any language can understand. This is a movie that, contrasted with The Mummy, that needs to constantly re-explain itself. This is a movie <laughs> that just works on its own and everyone could understand it. You can turn off the subtitles and speak no Korean and you will still have a general understanding of what's going on. I think on. that might make it scarier. I think it would, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> one other thing that I'll say, a lot of the complaints I heard about this movie from people... Sorry, excuse me. Go ahead. One of the things that I heard a lot of in complaints about this... Jesus. Okay, all the burps are out. We're good. He's got it. <laughs> he's, um, he's got the crazy guy in him. Uh, the the early, uh, like the early scenes, you know, when they're at the bar hanging out, you mm-hmm. know, when they're in the van going to the place... I heard a lot of people that watch a lot of Korean movies, and I fancy myself someone that watches a fair amount of Korean movies. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's that Korean trope of they have to introduce the characters and make them all likable and blah, 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 blah. And, like, I heard <laughs> so people that, that didn't like that a <laughs> lot, and I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> you mean storytelling? <laughs> Isn't that the point of like horror movies? That is, is that you're that is, supposed to care about that them? is the point of storytelling in any so, medium in books, in movies, look, I in completely radio. agree I completely agree with you, but when's the last time you saw an American horror movie where they're like, Hey, let's go get drunk at this pub and here's us having fun and now twenty minutes later we're in this haunted place and oh my god. Well, Parker, it's cover just, your it, ears. A lot of American horror movies are really bad. <laughs> I Correct. completely agree. And but like that's Honey, I didn't what I'm saying to like the people out there that are actually going to watch movies like this, like this is a good thing. This is how movies should be. This is again, it's kind of like the the beginning of the Blair Witch, where they're they're buying groceries and stuff like that. These feel like yeah. real people. That scene, I've interacted with Koreans in that area with all that beer and all all that food and stuff yeah. like that. That's what they do. And the, the other that thing is... That food looks uh, so good. Oh, oh yeah, doesn't it? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I know. We have to go back to Iron Age. <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. I it, was at Iron Age two days ago. Oh, I will man, go back jelly. any day. One of these days, we're just going to meet up and just, like, no words spoken. We're just getting the brisket. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the thing about it is that uh, the more and more I think about it, because I'm constantly thinking about it, the more I realize that, A, this is a much better remake of Grave Encounters, and B... <laughs> man. Yikes! <laughs> Right, right. That's a rough one. <laughs> B, I don't know if there's anywhere else for me for the found footage horror genre to go. Found footage, something else might be good as long as it's not chronicle. But uh, found footage horror, I don't know how you get any better than this. The other thing is that uh, Korea has a big culture about uh, ghosts, which I've never believed in. It, there is a thing is like if you write someone's name in red, then they'll get haunted by a ghost. So the kids did not want me to write their name on the whiteboard in a red magic marker, and I would I would like threaten to do that if they were bad. Uh, so I wrote my own name God. in red. And uh, let me tell you something, that was a rough night. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
now I understand what they're going for. When you say ghost, it could, it's more open to your imagination. It's not a white sheet. Oh with my Charlie god, Brown you're going to love Hill House. You're going to love Hill House. You will also love Hell House LLC. This if per- you want to know <laughs> what found footage horror you would like. This yeah, is perhaps why answer. I love The Shining. So You would a thousand... The fucking scene <laughs> where she's just in the doorway in Hell House. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. The other, I'm going to sign that to you this week. Yeah, spoilers. Yes. Great, fantastic. Um, so my, my last point before we move on from Ganjimpon and Asylum is that, and I don't know if either of you felt the same way when you watched it, but all of my tension break in that movie was entirely focused around it being set in room 402. Yes, a thousand percent. That was the <laughs> one thing that kept me sane while I was watching this super, super spooky movie. It's like, ah, oh, it's the meme number for us. Like, uh, as a guy who enjoys a lot of found footage movies, watches a lot of them, that scene where she's looking back and forth, Breathing heavy, heart pounding, peeking through my fingers, like just fucking get to the scares so I can just be done with this. That's just, how I felt the whole fucking time. Yeah, like that scene, like I could just feel the pit in my stomach, like, okay, and this time she goes back and then it's a loud noise, and oh god, no, it's just, it's just standing there. Oh fuck, she's turning back again. Like, the movie. Rocking in my bed, like, just fucking get on with it. Please. The movie feels a lot longer than it is, and I say that in a really, really good way. Can you imagine watching this in South Korea on a giant screen? I would be terrified. I'm watching so this on my TV whole, is like the best movie. The whole last half as, hour is just me going, fuck, yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck. As the only person in this group that saw this in theaters, oh. walking into that theater and going, so do you to watch Isle of Dogs or the Korean found footage horror movie? And her thinking for 30 seconds and picking this, like, that is, oh. that's ring worth it. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, the other thing is, this is a lot, for me, this is a lot better than Japanese horror movies. I think those move a lot slower. There's a lot more subtlety. Again, this doesn't really have any meaning, so I have to contrast it with the Babadook. The Babadook has a message that is going to stick with me for a very, very long time. This doesn't have a message, but it has scares. It has images. Again, the hand scene. And the other part about it is uh, I want to give a special shout-out to... I'm not going to look up the name because I don't particularly care. The editor of this movie must have had the roughest time. This is not an easy movie to edit, and people think that editing movies is something that's really simple. It's not especially all where the GoPro like shit must have been so rough to go. Oh, absolutely. I also but like the limited so use of the uh, drone because yeah. this is 2018. You think, oh, they're going to drone the shit out of this. The one thing about Gonjem Haunted Asylum that actually basically sucked me out of the movie, almost, almost sucked me out of the movie, and I think everyone else loved, is a scene where you realize that there was a seventh person filming them. He counts all the people. There's like, there are six people there. It's like, how, how could a seventh person be filming? Unfortunately, I work in broadcast television, so I am like, well, look, guys, there are wires and stuff like that. You can't just, uh, you can't just do that. <laughs> so uh, I was not fooled by that segment. You can't just do that to me. Um, but other than that, one of the best horror movies I've ever seen in my life. And I, again, I'm thinking about horror movies that have scared me. It's been a while. This movie fucking got me. It absolutely yes. got yeah. me. So, you are going to oh, yeah. fucking love Hill House oh, so much. Great. Yeah, it's you are. so good. All the things you just said are things that are extremely, like, pro-Hill House. Now, and if you don't love Hell House LLC, I'll eat my fucking hat. <laughs> you that... want to talk about just, like, creepy things in the background. <laughs> no. Uh, that, I, I was drunk when I started movie? watching that movie, and, like, by the 55-minute mark, I was completely sober. Because it's just, a... like... Like, are there any jumps in that movie? In yeah. Gone Jump? I, I almost no. would argue that the slurping scene is. Yeah. Uh, just because, like... The guy running at the camera is kind of a jump, too. What, the naked guy? It's like... 
Yeah. Nah, At that point, you're just no. so fucking happy. You know happy. it's coming, but like, if you know it's still, coming, it's like, can't is be a it jump. this time? If you know it's coming, that, that's my. Like, if you're going memory. from zero to <laughs> loud banging noise, now, he, actually, it. here's my thing: is uh, I accidentally I was going through the plot. I was I accidentally watching the movie. I, I went to the Wikipedia and I accidentally clicked on the plot. And I was going through it and I was like, oh, I wonder what's coming up next. And it said Black Sclera, and I was just like, Oh, they do that in all the Japanese movies. It's for people who don't know what Sclera is. It's the white outside your eyes, so it becomes all black. We, we've all seen that, you know, the ring and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, when I was waiting for it, I was like, okay, she's going to do it, she's going to do it. I'm excited for it. I did not know she was going to make that noise. You know? Because it's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's such like a guttural noise. It's, like, it, the, the, I think the thing about it to me is that it's gibberish. I love the noises that they were making at the end. It sounded like low moaning gibberish. Like, that wasn't Korean. Yeah. And I, it's something about it. Again, a lot of it really reminds me of the best moments of Silent Hill. The absolute top tier moments. Cause I just started looking over my shoulder talking about this fucking movie. It's right? Oh, this is it's a movie so where I'm, I'm recording in my house late at night and it still it, it makes you jump in shadows. It, it makes you, you, I saw a vision in the window. Maybe it was myself or who knows. You know, it still works. So I, it's I love the this. only movie where I've ever enjoyed night vision camera, right? Like ever. <laughs> oh well, uh, it's Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah, I love that yeah, one. That's true. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I, I mean, I think that's the worst part of the movie, but that movie fucks. Oh, so. Anyway, uh, the only thing scarier than a haunted asylum is spending Christmas with your mother, your father, your uh, your girlfriend's mother, and her father too. Folks, Four Christmases, starring Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, and John Voight. have to do this. <laughs> oh my god, was she really in that? Yeah. Uh, I can do an impression of her. Check this out. <clears throat> I just did it. I was I was squinting. She squints a lot. That's her reaction. Uh, someone says something really crazy or does something really silly and she squints at them. That's her reaction. Uh, Vince Vaughn is in this, and I have to say he's really not that bad, because Vince Vaughn in a comedy, he, he's he got comedic chops, he knows what he's doing. It's when he's in, like, Jurassic Park 2 or 3 that he's just, uh, get him out of there. It was 2, right? Yeah, whatever. Oh my god, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he was in, uh, remember he was in a serious role in that movie? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I don't want to talk about serious Vince Vaughn after sitting through <laughs> Brawl and Cell Block 99. <laughs> anyway, uh, Four Christmases is, uh, not great. There are a couple things that work, a couple things that don't, but uh, there's one thing that's worth mentioning. This is directed by by Seth Gordon. Do you guys know who Seth Gordon is off the top of your head? Ah. Uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seth Gordon. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know off the top. It says directed by Seth Gordon. I'm like, who's he? I guess at one point it's they're visiting um, Reese, Reese Witherspoon's uh, mother, and uh, there's a dad who's sitting on a on a couch who's playing a Nintendo Wii like the classic controller. And I listened to. It, I was like. Oh, what's he playing? Oh, he's playing Donkey Kong. I'm like, and then it cuts away from him. I was like, what was the joke there? He just looked like a guy who wasn't paying attention. It was just focused on the game. And I rewound because I was like, wait a second. That couldn't be. Folks, it was Steve Wiebe. I am completely serious. It's Steve Wiebe. I looked it up. Seth Gordon is the director of The King of Kong. So God, <laughs> he yes. actually got Thank God, the dude. second coolest person in the world after Billy Mitchell. To play. <laughs> Your brain is so strong, I, dude. Here's the thing. So I, I told her, uh, I, I told the girl who made me watch this is like, hey, that's Steve Weeby. And she's like, who's Steve Weeby? I was like, you might as well be looking at him right now. Steve Weeby is in all of us. Uh, oh, is he the one that got stabbed by the stingray? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> my favorite thing was going to Steve Weeby's uh, Wikipedia. He's in a couple other movies and cameo roles, some of them Seth Gordon. My favorite thing is he released a, a contemporary Christian album called The King of Song. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. What a legend. I have got to buy that on iTunes. So, uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, Four Christmases says Steve Weeby. Then I watched The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> The World is Not Enough is um, <laughs> quite the movie. So here's the thing. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever they are, they are cool as hell. They're, this is the coolest third grader I've ever met. Every single one-liner. It feels like the movie is entirely one-liners and everyone's saying them. Oh, I just knew you couldn't shoulder the responsibility. It fucking begins with, well, would you like to review my figures? And I'm sure they're very well-rounded. <laughs> Judy Dench loves talking about Pierce Brosnan boning down. Oh, it's her favorite thing. She loves looking at same. him and being like, well, I mean, yeah. Same. Uh, I'm same, sorry, same, I just, same. I want to talk about my favorite one-liner in this movie other than the ending. Because the ending is <laughs> The ending is an all-timer. I mean, yeah, <laughs> So, I feel like you guys probably know at this point who my favorite character in this movie is. <laughs> Say my <it>. good friend, <laughs> Bullion. <laughs> what a name. When, it, when he fucking smiles at Bond with his gold-ass fucking mouth, and Bond looks at him and says, I see you put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> it's the hardest I've laughed at a fucking movie in probably three years. It's incredible. I mean, some of the other ones are good, too. It's just a guy playing the bagpipes, and then a flamethrower comes out of it. Well, I guess we all have to pay the piper sometime. At that point, it goes over to Q, and Q says, oh, pipe down. What the original I must have been was, oh, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Then he gets in fucking R, uh, John Cleese, who, wow, if you look at his face, he's like, I I was in Monty Python, I was on top of the world, or at least on top of Britain, and now I'm playing... Good to see he's able to crawl himself out of that (laughs) hole and do something funny. He seems well-suited for the job. (laughs) Can you you imagine being the type of person who laughed at the theater? I can. I was. (laughs) So, I I mean, I could make other jokes, like, he was buried with work, you know, I can't show the responsibility, but I want to talk about the terrorist in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I have one of his lines written down because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. There, there are a couple. I want to talk about him first of all, though his his actual thing. He has uh, a bullet lodged in his brain. I assume <laughs> the bullet is made out of shark spinal fluid because he now feels no pain, <laughs> and his only goal is to cause chaos. So this is Deep Blue Sea two and a half. Shooty Ditches casually says, like, he's got a bullet in his brain that makes him incapable of feeling pain. Like, <laughs> fucking what? Why would you yeah, do that? See, that's the funny thing. Like, that sounds to me like somebody that hasn't seen a lot of Bond movies, because that is, like, very middle of the road. For but it's just dropped so early, it's so casual. I think like, for me, yeah, it is, can't feel pain I, now. I, it's, it's the fact that it's a Brosnan movie, and Brosnan movies have been able to take themselves slightly, slightly, slightly more serious than, like, 
fucking Octopussy, Moonraker, stuff like that. This movie... We How long has it been since you've seen Moon, Moonraker? A very I'm long curious. time. That was middle school, so... I saw that last December, oh, well. and I have a lot of thoughts. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, this, this fucking movie, I was like, as soon as he says, yeah, the bullet is lodged in his brain, he feels no pain, his only goal is to cause chaos. Um... I was going to talk about the fact that the Bond girl's name was Electra, which, spoilers, Parker, I know you're a cape shit guy, but you're going to have to watch that at some point. I wrote down, oh my god, <laughs> does Chris know? <laughs> How stupid do you think I am? Don't answer the that. The first time they said his, her name, I froze like, oh, fuck. Can I? I just I want to Daredevil put something Because I feel like there's going to be disagreement here. All right. Of the two female leads in this movie, who do you think was prettier? Oh, no question. Christmas Jones, whose name is Christmas Jones. <laughs> this was peak. This was, yeah. I I feel like I'm with Parker on this. Really? They're both absolutely oh, fucking they're, stunning. Oh, they're gorgeous, yes. There's, there's no question about it. This was, this was that weird, like, four-year peak for Denise Richards, where she could have been America's sweetheart if she had any acting chops whatsoever. And unfortunately. Instead, she was yeah. just, like, really, really, really attractive and made this in Starship Troopers, and you were just like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in Starship Troopers. Boy, rewatch. Oh, up. did you? <laughs> um, I was reading through her wiki. I was like, Melrose Place? I wonder if I could assign that to Chris. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, is... I think what leads me to it is I'm kind of a voice guy and I like her voice a lot more than Electra's. It might be the accent. I'm not sure. But uh, right off the bat, I was like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I kind of like her a little bit more in this. Uh, so this is an incredibly hot take coming in considering Denise Richards is the subject matter. Yeah. But best acted Bond girl in any of the four movies. In the four Brosnan movies? In the four Brosnan movies, yes. Well, I watched better than Halle Berry. I'll tell you that. Couldn't tell you the other two, and then the third one is Holly Berry. So you know what? You might be right. Well, so the girl that plays Natalia is real good, and Famke Jansen is doing something. She is certainly doing something. Yeah, that's. I don't know what you call it, but there's a lot of it. I can't call that good acting, but I can call it something. I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of. You know what? We should go to our correspondent Joel for this. Let me dial him up. Spongebob, why did you wake me up? I was trying to practice my clarinet. Sandy, let me out from between your thighs. <laughs> that was the most disgusting thing I've said since last week. So, it took me an hour to the movie before I screamed out, What the fuck? That's the guy from Ravenous. <laughs> I spent Our the whole movie trying to play like, who is this bad guy? Like, he has to be someone. He's a Bond villain. Like, who well, is most he? Most Bond villains aren't anybody. That's the interesting thing about Bond villains. Like, if you look at the the general history of Bond villains... They, they're usually like, nobodies, yeah. Nobody. Usually a bunch of... Well, well the oldest one I've seen as of now is Goldeneye, so... Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Goldeneye and Up, and that's it. We might have some, some homework for you. Oh, jeez. Well, still... Because you're going to make him watch From Russia with Love. Then I'll be like, you should watch another good movie called Moonraker. I already watched From Russia with Love. I also watched. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, actually, yeah, you know, now's the time for our top three Bond movies. Uh, Parker, I'm going to let you go first. I mean, I've only seen the Brosnan and Craig ones. (laughs) There's only like two good of each one. So I don't know. Casino Royale, GoldenEye, and 
Skyfall any order. Those are the only good ones. Wow, nice effort. Anyway, for me, no, I'm kidding. That's, that's what do you want for me? <laughs> yeah, Spectre was really good. I like him. Like, haha, actually, all the movies was me all along. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. That's so awesome. stupid. Spectre is unwatchable. Yeah. Spectre Dog is, shit. in my opinion, the worst Bond movie I've ever seen. Uh, it's very pretty. It's though. tough for me. Um, I'm very first. Pretty. Okay, I'm going to give my top three. Alex, I'll give you the honor of going last year. I want to give an honorable okay. mention to Doctor No. Uh, the reason I like Doctor No is I just appreciate how primitive it is for a Bond movie, and it still works. And it's it's actually it's kind of the, fun to watch. Is it the first? Yeah, one? it's the first one, 1962. Yeah, that's what I So yeah. uh, I actually really like it. Uh, from three to one, number three for me is Skyfall. I actually think Skyfall is uh, one of the ones I really like. Uh, number two is Thunderball. Uh, part of it is uh, the theme song is really fucking good. And for me, number one is From Russia with Love. Yeah, so uh, my favorite theme song is to an unwatchably bad movie called A View to a Kill. Oh, I was going to say, my, my, my favorite theme song is actually Live and Let Die because I'm basic, but you know. The Madonna one. <laughs> so I, I did a top five because I, I, I couldn't get it past five. So I'll go top to bottom because number one is obviously From Russia With Love. Yeah. Number two is Skyfall, and Skyfall is just a movie that I appreciate from a lore perspective to, like, a really, really extreme degree. Mm-hmm. Because if you've watched even, like, nine or ten Bond movies, you see shit, and it's like, oh, fuck, that's this guy. Oh, fuck, he's doing Roger Moore right now. I, I, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but the scene where he's in, like, the biplane, like, flying next to the car and just, like, waves at the guy driving is, like, such a Roger Moore gag that, like... Despite hating all of those movies, I'm like, oh, you watch these. I appreciate that. Number three for me is Dr. No. Number four is Goldeneye. And number five, which is the one that I really want to talk about, because this is a movie that I feel like I love more than most people, is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, that's actually a good one. It's been a while since I've seen I, it. I kind of think Lazenby is the second best bod. He might be. I think he's really, really, really fucking good in the one movie he's in. Boy, it's been a while since I've seen either one of those. I that that may be homework for you because that like I feel like if I watch that again, it's gonna jump up to like three or two because that movie. I think like in terms of like narrative structure of movies, having like a beginning, middle, and end, and not being just like a random piece in the middle of a franchise, Mm -hmm. that is maybe the best actual movie in the entire Bond series, other than From Russia with Love. It's real, real fucking good. And I'm not, like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about Connery Bond. Like, I I am, I I like what he's going for. I like what he's going for. Two of my top three movies are Connery movies. The rest to me are very forgettable. That's a movie that just stands out like a sore thumb to me in that it's so different in good ways from the other ones. But I'm going to stop talking about a movie that nobody watched this week. Uh, so uh, that's moving okay. on. <laughs> Something we could have learned uh, back in uh, Planet of the Apes podcast. And the Emoji Movie podcast. Remember that? <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone starts <laughs> poor ways. <laughs> Sometimes you have ideas and they don't pan out. And that's well, fine. <laughs> well, one of us wasn't on any of the bad episodes. So not yet there's still time <laughs> dude have you seen where we're recording right now we're almost at two hours so uh, oh god the game of games still have to do that <laughs> oh yeah we do buddy fantastic um i uh 
I, I do like this one um, in the sense that I appreciate it for what it is. It's kind of like a really, really fucking ridiculous movie. <laughs> um, it's, it is not a golden eye, of course. It, uh, I feel like the movie doesn't quite know what it wants. Like, that's the thing I'm saying about Gone Jump is that it wants to do a very, very specific thing. And sitting in a very, very dark room right now and hearing my cat scratching at the, uh, at the litter box like that is incredibly creepy just thinking about that fucking movie. So, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Watching well, the trajectory of GoldenEye to this was powerful. How quickly yeah. things can change. They each one is worse than the last. I feel like Tomorrow Never Dies is a better movie than this. I yes. get more enjoyment probably out of this one just because it's so fucking dumb in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's like very clearly the same people who were involved in writing all these movies and it's like here are all ideas for the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need more ideas. Shit. Like, Tomorrow Never Dies is a better movie, but this one has a line where she asks, what's your deal with you and Elektra? And he says, it was strictly plutonic. (laughs) It's the funniest (laughs) fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like, yeah, that's a better movie, but this has a pre-credits boat chase, which just made me think of how bad I want to watch Face Off again. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is like... You know, the the fact that Valentin is so, like preeminently involved in this movie <laughs> really shows how fan service it's supposed to be because he's like a throwaway character from the first Brosnan Bond movie and they're like what if we bring this guy back he gets and we put him in 30 like, percent like, of the movie it's okay. like a hold for applause like I'm back like fucking yeah. Al Bundy just walked in the room <laughs> yeah it's incredible but at the same time like this movie flows so well and even the real fucking dumb parts, like when they're in the pipeline trying to chase down the nuclear warhead. That's a, that's a rough <laughs> one. And it's like, okay, I disarmed the bomb. And he goes, let it go, let it go. You gotta let the bomb go off. And you're just like, fucking what? There's, there's a lot in here. It feels like there are two endings. Like, when he initially kills Elektra. And, wow, great one, Leonard. I never miss. Which, first of all, you're gonna test James Bond? What, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that scene. I can't. I can't say that I do, except for the fact that. Well, it almost sounds like Joel. I was about to say I was really happy she gets uh, shot in the head. <laughs> oh, I hate this stupid bitch! Hey. <laughs> He's stopping James Bond from going around and being on all you can fuck buffet. <laughs> no, like my thing with that scene is. Uh, I hate Stacy's. It's a deconstruction of. Bond as a whole and not Brosnan Bond because there are so many scenes in so many other movies where he doesn't do what he wants to do because the girl's involved and that's maybe it I don't think it's any more than like the second time when something like that happens where he shoots a girl that he slept with like in 25 26 movies at that point like it's kind of a big deal if you followed the entire Bond mythos and as somebody that has, like, I appreciated that scene on that level. And maybe that makes me stupid for sitting through, you know, 60 hours of Bond movies. Well, but like... Yeah, what kind of idiot would just sit through an entire franchise where most of it's bad? <laughs> <laughs> so Plastic Man's gonna take the DCEU by storm. Who's gonna play it's him? Fine. Oh, it's Jim Carrey. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God, don't you... <laughs> Oh, never mind. No, it's actually Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> oh my god. My, my, we'll get to him. My oh, no. fucking eyes just went black too, buddy. 
<laughs> Wait, why are we get- no? <laughs> Wait, a second. don't worry about Let's it. Tell you what, any final thoughts on? No time for the game again. Any, any final thoughts on? Uh, you know, I almost keep saying uh, the world ends with you. I I don't know why I keep doing that. It's the world because you're a enough. fucking weeaboo, dude. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, th- you know what? Uh, my final thought on this is. It is worth seeing as a very, very silly Bond movie. There are so many better ones that you can watch, but I mean, you're still probably going to have a pretty good time with this. This is a powerful hangover movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. I never this thought is a movie to recover too. Yeah, I never thought I'd have Christmas in Turkey. What was that? A Christmas joke? Well, it's time for you to unwrap your present. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Finn. The yeah, the fade to black is what gets me. Yeah, that's just like yeah, fuck you. That's <laughs> the fucking the most mic drop thing I've ever seen in my life. It is the best ending line to any movie of all time ever. It's it might actually be. I just love the introduction of her name. My name is Christmas Jones. I immediately pull up my phone, go to Evernote, start writing it down. And she says, my name, and then she says dot dot dot, and don't try making any jokes. Uh, and I've I, heard them all. I look yeah. up from my phone at the screen. She's staring dead into my eyes saying, I swear to God, <laughs> yeah. I will text Parker, and he will assign so many bad movies to you. So, <laughs> Chris, her eyes always look like that. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> okay, She's... the world is not enough. Some like it hot. Chris, what's your favorite ending line? <laughs> which one is more iconic? I, I can tell you which one's more iconic. I can tell you which one I like more. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Well, I'm just happy you watched a 1959 black and white movie with Marilyn Monroe. Speaking of the game of games. Uh, <laughs> greetings, level. The fucking five-bladed buzzsaw, guys. Let's watch it again. <laughs> we didn't even bring it up. We didn't bring it up. Fucking... He has a fucking cane gun like the penguin. It's so cool. <laughs> well, I guess he hated you more than... He very clearly shot you in one of the <laughs> leg anklet things to free you. I guess he hates you. <laughs> I don't understand. See, the the problem with that chair at the end is you just imagine it in Goldeneye, where Zenya immediately twists the thing six times and the head pops off. She just carries it around and fucks it. <laughs> Jesus. Am I wrong? No, absolutely not. That's just going right. to be a part of me from now on. Greetings. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs>so the game of games a little bit of housekeeping first you know parker 10 hours 20 minutes in your bank you uh had a rough week with the jaguars and uh somebody else times three i don't even remember chris dodged most bullets but absolutely ate shit with the patriots times six chris i thought your team was good your thoughts uh why did you think that they were good have you not watched them this year Let's hear more. I don't know. My internet might be going out. Just talk about the Patriots for a little bit. They're legitimately, like, the worst team we've had since 2009. Great. Seven hours, 40 minutes for you. All right. I mean, I don't know what more you want me to do. I I, I just... I can't say anything good. I can say a whole lot that's bad. Listen, my team's not making the playoffs. No mental talk. Parker's team is going to lose to the Nick Foles-led Eagles. It's fine. so powerful. Um, what was the over-under for the Patriots thing of signing an entire season of a TV show? Ten. Oh, I think we're going to get it. I think we'll get ten. Oh, speaking I, I think of... We'll go over. I think we got the Bills and Jets <laughs> at home. I think that's... You you should go 2-0. Oh. Yeah. 
so you should be able to assign me something for free. They say, but that. my good friend Parker and I talked after last week because okay. uh, we had we had uh, Cowboys eight and a half was the line. Mm-hmm. They might get to nine. They might end up eight and eight. Who knows? Last week it sure seemed like I was gonna lose, so I linked Parker to what I uh, what I was gonna assign him. It's a little show on the Fox Network called Nine One One. You may have seen previews for it. I guess Chris, you haven't because you only watch AFC football. <laughs> <Pretty but. much. laughs> Parker, would you like to pull up the uh, the Wikipedia page for Nine One One and start reading out some quotes from the episode oh, synopses? Because Give me when, just a second here. <laughs> when uh when I read some of these at the Parker, he asked for the link. We read them back and forth. And we decided we're both going to watch this show. Oh great! Whether right. they get to nine wins or eight, we don't care. This is good content. All right, let's hear it. Here, okay. give me a second. Here, it's going very slowly. Yeah, it's only got two hours. <laughs> turns out, uh, <laughs> turns out, googling nine one one makes things difficult. <laughs> The first responders are dealt with security guards stuck in between two buildings for several hours. A man gets trapped in a mall escalator. Meanwhile, Athena contemplates lieutenant promotion. Eddie turns to Buck for help when it comes to his son with cerebral palsy. Also, Chimney goes for a checkup following his accident, and Maddie reveals to Buck that she decided to move out. That's one episode. I was trying to find that one so bad. A man stuck between buildings and a man trapped in a mall escalator. Like, the idea of what it looks like for a man to be stuck between buildings has been rolling around in my head for the last week now. Like, how the fuck? Bucky gets a surprise visit from his sister, Maddie, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who is hiding from her abusive husband. Also, Athena questions her relationship with Bobby. Then, at the fire station, a handsome new firefighter, Eddie, jeopardizes Buck's chances of being chosen for a fireman calendar. At the end of the episode, Los <laughs> Angeles is hit by a large earthquake. <laughs> also, the team responds to emergencies at an eating contest, a bodybuilding competition, and a toddler pageant. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bobby tries to deal with his daughter's death. <laughs> We're just pulling randomly from Wikipedia at this point. We read a couple of those and then realized it was made by the guy who did American Horror Story. And uh, yeah, this is this has to be in my eyes now. So starting next week, we're gonna have some uh, some new content for you with nine one one. Chris, if you decide you want to watch some nine one one with us, you are more than welcome. I'll... But we totally understand if you don't want to subject yourself to this. Let's see what I can. Bobby learn. tells his confessor how he accidentally killed his family five years before when. Under the effects of oxycodone and alcohol, he forgot to turn off a space heater, which burned his building down. The firefighting team has dealt with several calls that lead to backfiring results. Meanwhile, Bobby donates blood to a blood drive, only to find out that he has superior blood that could save lives. (laughs) (laughs) The team gets calls from a homeless man stuck in a garbage truck after falling asleep in a dumpster. The team has dealt with a call of a death at a psychic parlor. The victim later awakens at the morgue and reveals that he is suffering from a disease in which he is paralyzed awake. <laughs> at another it's call, all from a... the one season of this ten episode show. By the way. A scene at a motorcycle accident in which the victim's body is severed in two. <laughs> also, Buck's identity gets stolen through a series of social media accounts. A guy lies asleep 
just paralyzed awake and is taken to a morgue. This dude gets cut in half, and the guy gets his identity stolen on Facebook. That's one the episode. Security guard stuck between two buildings. <laughs> yes. I, Are I, you I, picturing I, Paul Blart oh, right yeah. now? Because yes. you should be. <laughs> anyway, the game of games. Oh, I can't wait. So, so Parker and I have settled our bet at a median point. Chris, you feel pretty confident. I wouldn't expect you to settle on something we both have to watch. Um, but if it's at 10, we both pick something for the other one to watch, and I hope it's good content. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, what else do we have here? I think that covers everything from last week. Chris currently has six Dragon Balls and three sets of cards. Parker has three Dragon Balls and three sets of cards. Ooh. A uh, little update about last week. I have not watched any Haunting of Hill House episode. Obviously, I would have met, said something about it because it seems like apparently this is pretty good. So, uh, Is there an update on the Dallas Flyers Club? Probably not. Uh, I watched an episode, and uh, I will update you in bulk. The first <laughs> one was just a bunch of you know window dressing, setting up everyone. If so, Most likely, I'll just do the whole season at once in one segment. But if something like abruptly stupid happens, I'll make another segment out of Can it. Can you do all the voices? Just kidding. I know you can. I'm doing them right now. <laughs> it's fucking my face when the show opens. The first face I see is Jordana Brewster. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh grandma, no. no. Anyway. Not like this. It's uh, Jordana. It's whatever. I'll, I'll make it happen. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Come one, come all. It's Lifeline time. What do you boys got for the listeners? Can I please start off? I think oh. I've got this. I am going to let Parker go first. <laughs> I would like to use the future Trunks. Yes. Chris, Trunks has come to assist me from the future. No. He has deposited three hours in your content bank and also brought three of your Dragon Balls. Wait, he also what? Oh, he robbed me of my Dragon Balls? Yes. Oh. from the future. Oh, I thought you said he brought three of my Dragon Balls. I was like, wait, I already had them. Okay. <sighs> All right. I... So now Parker has six Dragon Balls and Chris has three. That's... Wow, what a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> So weird that I decided to go first. <laughs> it's not like Chris could make a wish. You're fine. Chris, what do you got? <sighs> having fun here <laughs> with my friends. Let me look up the lifeline. Let's just Oh no. I was gonna I was I was going to fucking assign you Avatar the Last Airbender. It was a great wish. Anyway. Well, you Shut up. The so. name of this is... You got time. I, you got time. Yeah, I know. Anyway, the name of this is Please. Unlimited Blade Works. After you announce your... <laughs> <laughs> you hear that noise from Alex? That means he's getting ready. Anyway, after... It wasn't even me. Oh, never mind. I thought it was you. Anyway, after you announce your intention to play Unlimited Blade Works, you must wait for the host to say go. After the host says go, you have 60 seconds to read the passage that follows this message and then begin naming movies for your opponent to watch. All these movies must contain the name of some type of sword or sharpened sword-like object. However, you cannot repeat the same word in the title. So it's like, if, for example, I said uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you've we were already saying the same example. I couldn't name like another movie with Chainsaw in the title. So uh, I will wait for you to say go. All right. Let me pull up my stopwatch. Blade Works. 
And go. I am the bone of my sword. Steel is my body and fire is my blood. I have created over a thousand blades unknown to death nor known to life. Have withstood pain to create many weapons, yet those hands will never hold anything. So as a prey, unlimited blade works. Uh, the Blade Master. <laughs> so I married an axe murderer. House of Flying Daggers. The Librarian. Quest for the Spear. What the fuck? That last one. <laughs> fuck you. How much time do I have left? Uh, you have uh, 45 seconds? 35. <laughs> what? <laughs> Knife in the Water, Roman Polanski. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> which uh, I watched and remember I didn't like it very much. Um, that. Uh, which of the Texas Chainsaw movies have you not seen yet? Give me four. I can talk about four. Okay, I'll give you four. That's the one with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> very powerful. And uh, how about... Uh, I said the Blade Master. That's different from the sword, right? Can I get away four with it? Four seconds. Okay, uh, the sword in the stone. Disney movie, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Went to your comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, the blade and the sword are different. You could have given him any blade movie, and also King Arthur, Legend of the Swords. You should have given me Blade Trinity, I, you coward. I could have, but I gave you the Blade Master instead, which has how much O'Keefe in this movie? Why, Miles O'Keefe. <laughs> Great. Parker, your retaliation. Oh, I'll hold on to it. I'll, we'll see. We'll see if it, he tries to throw anything sneaky out there. I mean, you can... You could do the the thing right now if you want. Can you give me that list of movies again, buddy? <laughs> oh, let me see. Um, I have to write some of them down because I know you guys didn't. I started to, but you ruined very fast. Yeah, I know. I he was worried. I'm sorry. Despite the fact he got all that out in twenty seconds. Yeah. All right. So we have to write "Sword in the Stone" here. <laughs> Fucking unlimited blade work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the reference. I'm almost happy I don't. Um, you can Google it. It's fine. Uh, well, later. <laughs> the first one is The Blade Master, which has um, fucking Miles don't O'Keefe say in it. Again. I got it. So, so I ma- I'm going to be the master of the blade. I'm going to be the master <laughs> of the blade. So I married an axe murderer, which has um, uh, Mike Myers in it. Uh, House of Flying Daggers, which is a Wuxia movie or Wuxia movie. I don't know how to say it. And Whoopi Goldberg movie? House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. She's in everything, I right? guess. And, uh... <laughs> I heard Yeah. The Librarian <laughs> Quest for the Spear. <laughs> I found my answer. And Knife in the Water and Sword in the Stone. All right, let's hear it. What the fuck is Knife in the Water? It's that uh, Roman Polanski oh, the... movie that I didn't like. <laughs> So six movies. Is it the one where he fucks kids, or is that all the other ones? <laughs> He's not in it. He just directs it. So yeah, like, yeah. Quentin's not li- looking at feet in his movies, but you know, <laughs> he's going to be beloved. I don't know if you guys heard, but he made Pulp Fiction. Ah, <laughs> huh, I've heard of it's, that. It's it's his fifth best movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, Parker, you want to do a? Is that six movies? One, two, three. Yeah, six movies. Jesus fucking Christ. I have three more. I was going I would, to assign you, but uh, you decided to I would to like to Dragon use Ball. Charizard's Mega Evolution. What? Yeah? Explain Char- it. Your Charizard that flew to me has Mega Evolved. <laughs> he has now gained a fourth ability. He can remove one of the movies I'm required to watch this week. And also, he no longer has a chance to disobey orders. What's the- he's my adult son from now on. He's permanent, too. Alright. Yeah. You should get that librarian's horse shit off my list. <laughs> I have to admit, that's get probably that. the hardest one to find. Get that the fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking five... Mi- Put three cards. Fuck him. Fucking <laughs> three five. cards? Right. Fuck him. 
Well, a lot of you you can really tell that uh, Chris wanted you to watch a lot of those things. I wanted you know I wanted else? my Dragon Balls. I wasn't even going to use this. You know who else is in the most wanted conversation? <laughs> Jamie Kennedy in Malibu. You're going to watch Malibu's Most Wanted this week. I'm so happy it's not me. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Malibu's Most Wanted? It appears as though Parker doesn't like it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's got Jamie Kennedy. Tell you what, I'd like to use the Benedict Bumper Nuts. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> this is a permanent... Read off the Benedict Bumper Nuts to Okay, me. that's a permanent. You may use your Benedict Bumper Nuts to bounce any movie you were assigned off you and into, <laughs> I knew the, the, and into the eighth. I knew something was coming as soon as you assigned that to Each him. time you utilize Benedict Bumper Nuts, you have a chance to get Bumper Nutted. <laughs> If you get bumper nutted, your bumper nuts no longer work in the future, and you also have to watch his starring role in the new Grinch movie. You can wait until it leaks to do so. So thank you. Um, I would like okay. to bumper. I fucking knew as soon as you gave it to him. <laughs> so okay. So so to be clear, it bounces into the aether, not back to park. Right. But okay, <laughs> random dot org, which is somehow not open on my computer. This is a travesty. All right, Chris, I'm going to need a number from you that's one through four. Two. All right, you're good. There we go. So you do not have to watch Malibu's Most Wanted. All right. Your bumper nuts are going to decay over time. Oh. <laughs> as, as nuts are apropos to do. You know. Over time, or do they reset week to week? They do not reset week to Damn. week, because there are two weeks left in the regular I season. I kept thinking I'd have them for the plant. Whatever. All right. I've, we'll see. Uh, who knows? If the Patriots <laughs> even make the playoffs. All right. Uh, All right. So we got we got weed rats. Like we to, got butt coin mining like rigs. Utilize... We got Dragon Ball radars. Um, who's up? I... Who just used? So you use the the bumper nuts. Yeah. So I guess Parker's up. Ah, <laughs> oh, fire up that rig, baby. <laughs> fire up that rig. One through ten. Give me a number, buddy. Lucky number seven, baby. Let's Ooh, get those you hate to see that. Yeah, that yeah. is three Bring hours it. right there. <laughs> In fact, I'm even going to show you. No, you that's fine. Didn't... No, no. Oh if God. we've learned anything, Alex, it's that we can trust you. I, I yeah. hope so. But also, he actually just stepped on the mine. So <laughs> Parker's pool is up to 13 hours, 20 minutes. You hate to see that happen. You really do. Uh, Chris, you got anything for us? Weed rat. <laughs> he's really going for it today. I, I, I can't help He's it. really looking around. Maybe my computer's slow or something. I don't know. <coughs> oh, that was almost a really bad burp. All right. So, the good news is that the weed rat brought you one of your Dragon Balls back, so you're now at four. Right. But apparently the weed rat wanted you to watch some Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> so you're going to watch Bro, What Happened? the fuck is that? <laughs> Phil and his friends try to piece together what happened at the previous night's drug, sex, and booze I'd like party. to utilize the bumper nuts <laughs> <As> again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can pick a number one through three, Chris. Two. <laughs> That's a one. It bounces off. You're good. There we go. <laughs> Your bumper nuts are still in shape. This is. 
Jesus fucking Christ. You have to avoid that Jamie Kennedy Craig at all costs. <laughs> yeah, it must be nice, huh? Yeah, well, who knows. Um, you ready to Sorry, throw over Parker, some cards? Have you watched anything with Jamie Kennedy in it other than... Son of the Mask. <laughs> Son of the Mask. Yeah, I watched a Jamie Kennedy movie, all right. All right, so... We saw the mining rig. We saw the weed rat. Yeah. Parker, would you like to use any other lifelines? I don't even fucking know what you have anymore. Um, me neither. Let's get that dragon radar going. Dragon radar going. Breakable bones for 200. Hell yeah. Alright. So there are 16 NFL games this week. Fuck. Good. I'm going to need you to pick a number 1 through 16. Three. Three. Alright. So from the ESPN list, you're gonna get the next four away teams from the third one on the list. God damn it. So that is the Bengals at the Browns. Oh. The Buccaneers at the Cowboys. This isn't going so hot, you guys. <laughs> the Vikings at the Super Bowl champion Lions. Oh shit, that's 0 3. <laughs> and the Giants at the Colts. Fucking great. Well, at least you can get more Jaguars, you know? Yeah, but that'd be terrible yeah. if that happened. Bengals, eventually. Buccaneers, Vikings, Giants. Bengals, Buccaneers, Vikings, Giants. All right, Chris, you're up. I'm going to use a dragon radar. Dragon radar? Yeah. Famous anuses for 500. Take, what the I'll fuck? Take famous <laughs> <laughs> this is garbage. I'll take famous anuses for 500. You should have known, brother. Yeah. I, I always forget to use the radar. Yeah, that's true. You yeah, guys, so you, you guys remember? Like, it's myself, like and fucking. Let's go. I feel like you guys remember last week we had the great cat team draft of week fifteen. Fuck off. And we are now here for the great bird team draft of week sixteen. So here are your choices, Christopher. Thank you. The Ravens are at the Chargers. The Eagles are hosting the Texans. The Falcons are at the Panthers. The Cardinals are hosting the Rams. And the Seahawks are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) The Falcons. You want the Falcons? Give me the Falcons. At the Panthers. All right. Falcons off the board for Chris. Eagles, I guess. Take the Ravens. The Super Bowl champion Eagles for Parker. The Ravens for Chris. Cardinals or Seahawks, buddy? Who are the Cardinals playing? They are hosting the Rams. Oh my god, and they're playing the Chiefs. Jesus. Not Seahawks, I guess. Seahawks are about to fire their entire staff, so I'll take a shot there. So Chris gets the Arizona Cardinals. Remember when Seahawks existed? No, I don't. They're so they're treated so unfairly by the refs, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> when nothing with that tackle by ten yards on Sunday, I was so happy. <laughs> it was so cool. So I guess I'm stuck with uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, you're stuck with the Cardinals. Right. That is correct. Go, yeah. go, go. Can I sell my wrist cards for a Dragon Ball? No. You have four? He really wanted to assign me something. <laughs> and been planning on yeah. it. 
I'm school. getting there. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You have, fi- you have five. Was the weed rat brought you one? You have five. I have five. Yeah, great. I had so six if you can hit four, the random one over the next two Dragon weeks, you're good. I would have had seven. So, cool. Yeah, Parker's turn. I have enough to do on Christmas Not week. Not anywhere near enough. Yeah. Parker's at seven. Chris is at Made five. A big mistake. It's fine. Someone say I'm at seven again. Yes, you were at three. You got to six, and you got the one. Don't you get for Don't get snippy with me, but dude, I've we can, got so many more for you. We can make this win. Do you want to do this? No, my good friend wanna... Christopher. You're so worried you're not going to find it. It could be anywhere on the board. Parker, your pick. <laughs> I will take hot dads for five hundred. Hot dads for five hundred. All right, Parker, you have a tough decision in front of you. Oh, God. On Monday, Christmas Eve at 8.15, the Denver Broncos are at the Oakland Raiders. You can have one of those teams times three. Oh, my God. That's got to be Denver. (laughs) The the Denver Broncos times three? My horse teams? (laughs) I don't feel great about it, but shit. Wait, you said (sighs) the horse teams. He also gets the Bears? Yeah, put the Bears on there. Oh, oh, uh, all the horse teams? You want to be in the Colts, too? Like, is it, yeah, is sure, it, uh... I'll see what happens. <laughs> he doesn't have the pirate teams and the horse teams. Okay, it's not that simple. Uh, God almighty. My so good stupid. friend Christopher, please make your choice. Okay, uh, how about Chris is gay for 500? Chris is gay... 500. Well, that is not your dragon ball. I know. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. How'd you know? I, I just knew implicitly. The New York Jets and the San Francisco 49ers. It seems kind of random. Is there usually like a connection? Or? Um, when there's anything in the NFL that makes any sense, yes. But the 49ers just beat the Seahawks, so I don't know what's going on in football now. Huh. That's fair. Okay. Parker, you're up. Chris is gay for 100. Chris is gay for 100. It's a trivia question. Oh, good. I love trivia. You ready for this, buddy? What are dreidels made out of? <laughs> Parker, yes, you're gonna have 15 seconds on the clock mm-hmm. to answer a very difficult question for me. Oh, I swear to God, who was the NFL's passing yards leader in Week 15? The Giants. No, the, the, the name. Come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jim Tomey. It's gonna be something real fucking stupid. Whatever. I'm gonna say Breeze. I don't know. It was not Breeze. I will give you a chance at Redemption Island. <laughs> okay. Breeze was not among the top five. Really? If if you can name three of the top five for Week 15. Oh, just shit. for the week. Oh shit. Just for the week, yeah, yeah, yeah no, for the season. That's my beat. <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. very tired. Oh, he didn't mean like three week fifteen. It's just oh, okay. Yeah. It's just yardage. It's not okay. touchdowns or interceptions or anything. It's just uh, yardage. Three of the top five. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Uh, God. God, I didn't watch any of the games. Someone go, my boy Mullins. Mullins is in the top five. 
Rivers? Rivers is in the top five. Mahomes? Mahomes is 10th. What the fuck? Yeah. Number one was Jared Goff with his zero touchdowns. <laughs> Number four was Chris's good friend Tom Brady. Man, I didn't watch any games this week. <laughs> they weren't good. You didn't miss much. Yeah. The unfortunate thing for you is oh. you're going to get all the quarterbacks in the top five that you didn't guess. So that's the Patriots. Oh, the worst team in football. Second the Texans. Team. And the Jared Goff-led Los Angeles Rams. So, okay. It's so cool that he's a pumpkin now. Yeah. I just would like to say, for the record... You always knew. I was right the whole time. I had no idea Are you excited for a whole off-season of Babby Hands can't play in the cold? Because they're going to get so mad. Yep. Okay, Chris, your choice. I'd like to use my level 100 Charizard to get rid of the Cardinals. Oh, wait. Anyway, I'll no, take no, no. What happened to him, buddy? 300. Chris that. is gay for 300. Oh, that's a choice. I'd love to spin the choice. It might be a tough choice. Oh. We'll see. I'd love to spin tough choices. You can either have the Washington Redskins this week times five. They are at the Titans. Or you can have a movie of my choice. <laughs> I'll take the Redskins. You're taking the Redskins times five? I'm taking the Redskins okay. times five. Okay. Josh Johnson times five over his choice. <laughs> Okay. There can't be that many more Jamie Kennedy movies left. You say that, and yet. <laughs> I'm and just going to say... to put in three cards. <laughs> okay. Come on, bumper nuts. <laughs> I don't know, this might be good, who knows. Well, I'm going to give you the same movie I was going to give you anyway. Which is another Tom Cruise movie, oh. now that you're on this kick. Okay. So you're going to watch The Firm. Okay. I kind of hate The Firm, but The Firm might be good, and I'm going to be watching it this week again. All right. It has a real bad soundtrack, but Tom Cruise is pretty fucking good in it, which is, I guess, true of most Tom Cruise movies. So we're going to cross that off the list. No bumper nuts here? No bumper nuts here. You're not going to bumper nuts that. I am not going to bumper nuts that. Parker, one more. Uh, Breakable Bones for 200. You've already chosen that. That 300. 300. Breakable Bones for 300. Survey says you can either have the Bengals and Texans or the Dolphins and 49ers. Wow. I hate that. Fuck it. Let's go Dolphins 49ers. Let's get weird. Dolphins and 49ers. This is a lot of teams, buddy. It sure is. Okay. Chris, one more. I didn't even know I had one more. Chris is gay for 200. Chris is gay for 200. It's still there. And buddy, my good friend, that is your sixth Dragon Ball. All right. You get there next week, buddy. Yeah, if no one takes three you of them. You managed right. to hit God, it. I hate Dragon Ball Z so much. All right. I'm gonna, I am now, this space is... I literally wrote down dealer's choice pick three. So I'm going to pick three games. Oh, I thought it was a movie. And you can pick the winner of each. All right. Yeah. No, I, I'm not going to. Yeah, let's yeah. go. All right. The Vikings at the Super Bowl champion Lions. <laughs> I have to go with my Super Bowl. Vikings. Vikings? Yeah. Okay. Roar. <laughs> Restore that shit. 
love the roar. Corey Schlesinger. <laughs> Remember that. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the New Orleans Saints. I mean, the Steelers are really, really good, but I'm going to have to go with the Saints. Saints? Okay, Vikings and Saints. Yeah. And last game, the Green Bay Packers at our Josh Brody's New York Jets. Packers. Packers, Saints, and Vikings. And you are at six Dragon Balls. Parker's at seven Dragon Balls. I'm looking at these time banks. Um, 13 hours, 20 minutes in Parker's. 10 hours, 40 minutes in Chris's. There's not a whole lot of content going out for those of us that don't have to watch sword movies. <laughs> uh, edge weapon movies. <laughs> One of those was a spear. <laughs> I just want you to know that Eddie Gordo's legs would have counted as a bladed weapon. I can't believe that the WWE he killed the him and said he went to hell. Stance. <laughs> Fuck you. That's good shit. I'm embarrassed I said that too quickly. <laughs> All right. Ladies, gentlemen, the, boys the and girls. The worms have taken deep root in your brain. Yes. Scotty too hot to get out. card sets. Parker Parker has two card sets. Oh, that's two WWF references in a row. Jesus. That's a problem for you. Yeah, how does it feel, buddy? I don't feel anything. Just feeling your brain turn to trash. (sighs) Do your worst, boys. What would you like to assign me, buddy? Oh, wait. I have to... Oh, that's a movie assigning time. Parker, this is a very special time of year. A time of giving. Would you like to give me a Dragon Ball? No. <laughs> then in that case, you know, Shira has been in the news recently no. with <laughs> the redesign of the character. But I know you're a huge fan of the original. So you're going to watch the He-Man and She-Ra Krimba special. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't even know how long that is. It's probably like an hour. Um, and one more. You said you watched Crossroads, right? Well, you're gonna watch. watch well, you're gonna watch Crossroads, God damn it. the 1980s version with Ralph Macchio and Steve Vai as the double. Great. It's got guitars. You play guitar. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have. I do not have a time on the other thing you just assigned, but the the old Crossroads, I can do that. That is yeah. an hour forty. I'll, I'll get a Wikipedia for Heeman and Shira. So. Is that all you're going to do with all of this bank? No, I have one more. Give me a second. I'm looking up the time. <laughs> the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special is 51 minutes. Okay. What the An hour fuck? off. Okay. Why? Why? Whatever. Uh, ju- just just so everyone knows, the uh, the records, the, the time banks currently are even at 10 hours, 40 minutes. Okay, he gets one more. And this, is, uh, this is a special one. I've been thinking about this one for a while. Remember how he said that there were a lot of unpleasant scenes in Son of the Mask? Well... How do you feel about Carrot Top? Oh, <laughs> it's chairman of the board. <laughs> I've seen this. Why? It was on cable. Oh, there's so many wide angle shots of Carrot Top's face dead in your. Oh, God. Is this really an hour and 35 minutes? <laughs> Great. I will admit, Larry Miller okay. is actually kind of good at it. Chris, have... how many movies do you have right now? One. One? You have just the firm? Yeah, just the firm. The bumper nuts have been strong. <laughs> 
Parker, your thoughts. I'm practicing self-care. All right, so you'll be watching Hell House LLC. Well, and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, so get those. Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about the movie, not the TV show. Oh. Yeah. You'll be watching the found footage movie Hell House LLC. Oh. Okay. House LLC. It's actually real good. You will be watching Ravenous. Ravenous. <laughs> yes. Ravenous. Not the 2017 ones, the 1999 oh, no. one. Yeah. Now we're 40. Okay. You'll be watching It Follows. Because you need to. I, yeah, I've I've heard from It Must Have Been You. <laughs> Probably. It's another hour 40. I love round numbers. You will, and you'll watch Funny Games. You can pick which one. Because he made it in a different language and then just remade it with the same script. So it's up to you. Funny James. Choose your fancy. I like the English one because it has Tim Roth in it. Funny James. I love the AVGN. Funny Games is like actually good. Yeah, yes. I'm probably going to rewatch it too. I haven't seen it in years. That's two hours, so you're at three hours, two 40 hours. minutes. Damn. Yeah. That's an hour 51. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm good for now. I didn't have now? my list uh, as updated as I wished. There's still cards in play. I'm not going to use them. I think he's got too many as it is. Yeah, he did have unlimited blade works. So, <laughs> tell you what, uh, I'll delete the Blade Master from that because I'm pretty sure that's an MST movie. So the likelihood is he's probably already seen it. It was okay. under like I think it was under the Ator thing. Let me look it up real quick. The Blade. Master. Yeah, that <laughs> blade. Wait a second, the blade master. That's just cave dwellers. <laughs> I'm getting rid of that. You can't. You don't get to watch cave dwellers again. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a good idea to do that, but you know. <laughs> I'm gonna keep knife in the water on there. That's such a boring fucking movie. Oh, thanks, man. You got it. So take off blade master. Yeah. Again, worth rewatching Cave Dwellers. I'm probably going to do that when I'm done. Man, I mean, your time make was so huge. I mean, you had 13 <laughs> hours, which is fitting, because you will also have 13 hours this week. Oh, yes. Jim Halpern takes on yes. Benjamin Gazi. Benjamin Gazi, who did nothing wrong. <laughs> I can't imagine you won't have something to say about that. Oh, really I forgot to mention. Two hours and 24 minutes? That. What? I apologize. I did not know that. No, you but don't. also, yeah, it's no fine. Alright, down to one hour and 20 minutes in Chris's bank. There's still nine hours in Parker's bank. You <laughs> caught a movie, mercifully. Chris, would you like to try to bumper nuts that movie? Let's. Yeah, let's bumper nuts that. I mean, if you okay. don't watch it, I will. <laughs> Alright, Chris. Pick a number, one through two. Two. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Lucky two. I don't All understand. Right. Now, I want you to understand, as you've seen the bumper nuts at work. <laughs> They've gone from four to three to two. The next time you use the bumper nuts, you are guaranteed to watch The Grinch instead of whatever movie is there. So it's basically trading in that movie for The Grinch. Yes. You got extreme value out of the bumper nuts. I'm impressed. I look. I trust Benedict bumper nuts. <laughs> Benedict bumper nuts. 
<laughs> Such a good lifeline. <laughs> That's why it was taking you so long. You have to type out bumper nuts repeatedly. <laughs> Every time I started laughing. <laughs> if you get bumper nutted. <laughs> uh, could I use another one of these? I, I don't know why I would. You have three, you have three sets of cards. I, no, no, no. I don't want to... I already gave him So I Married an Axe Murder, House of Flying Daggers, Knife in the Water, Sword in the Stone, uh, He-Man and She-Ra Christmas Special, which is only 51 minutes, not even an hour. And, Parker, uh, buddy, yeah. his bumper nuts is at 100%. So basically just assign him anything he hasn't seen. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was opening up Peter Berg's IMDb while he was talking. Don't worry about it. You have cards. Oh, in that case. Peter Berg, he was a real saint. Yeah, fuck him. Put those cards in. <laughs> Speed 2 cruise control. <laughs> Ooh, that, uh, never mind. Keep that. Yeah, that's, that's a strong key. <laughs> he Bull doesn't act anymore. He's on cruise control. Ah, oh, I just made that up. And to think your wish could have been the critic. Well, we'll find out next he, week. He came from the future and took those from you. Dragon Ball Z is a fucking waste of time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my life. I think he please revoke his Dragon Balls. He doesn't appreciate them. I think he wants to watch the Cooler Saga. Oh my god. Cooler wasn't he the? Those movies are only like an hour. Pick a number one through thirteen. No. <laughs> I'm gonna pick for you. I'm just not gonna do. It's worked out well for me. Oh, did Peterberg direct Battleship? That's ironic. Go ahead and put that on there. <laughs> Battleship. How long is that? Okay. Don't worry, Liam Neeson's in. How it. long is it? Uh, it's loaded slow. Oh my god. It loaded up Battle Elite Angel. Two first. hours and 11 minutes, huh? I'd like to bumper nut that. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Bumper nut. Yeah. You can watch The Grinch instead. Yeah, I'm going to watch The Grinch, but I'm going to wait till it leaks because uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of money on our next movie, which. Look, I, I don't know. Yeah. Do we want to we want to record on Christmas? I mean, I'm fine with taking a week off, especially with yeah. the bounty you've given me today. Yeah. Um. So, a week from today is. Christmas Day. Um, I think we should probably take a week. I, I kind of want to take a week off for it. Um, I'm yeah, very sure. tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, Waking uh, up at 4.45 in the morning has taken a lot out of my movie yeah, watching Exactly. Time. And the other thing about it is uh, our next movie, I think it should be, if we can only pick one, it should be Aquaman. If we pick two, it should be Aquaman and Bumblebee. But uh, Bumblebee looks like it's actually going to be good. Apparently the raging bull of this generation. So, um, uh, Aquaman I'm hearing less good things about it <laughs> Y'all, here is my proposal If we have a day that we can squeeze in recording Even if it's a couple days from now mm -hmm. I think we should do it Just to get in week 17 of the NFL season oh, yeah, So my right, good yeah. friend Chris can get his 7th Dragon Ball uh, Alright uh, I mean, we could literally just record Just a game of games and what we've watched at that point Yeah, yeah, we can and do a short one If we've watched all that, that That's point, what I would like suggest, yeah, yeah. It'll be the, the short holiday episode, yeah. I mean, there's a good chance I will see Bumblebee anyways, just because my mom knows to give me Alma Draft House gift cards, so you know what it is. Strong choice. So, I mean, I feel like Aquaman will be, there will be more to talk about as an episode. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> Look, I've Bumblebee seen multiple show. people 
<laughs> link it directly to Flash Gordon in good and bad ways. So I'm kind of here You've for You've been writing on this uh, little take that is going to be the good DC movie. I mean, Willem Dafoe is riding a shark. We've already so. seen Teen Titans go to the movies. That is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. <laughs> it's, it's literally not yeah, even close either. Yeah, but the Teen Titans go to the polls? It's <laughs> such a good movie. I can't believe that animated uh, superhero movies, this is such a good year for them. Uh, Incredibles 2, Teen Titans, and uh, Spider-Man. And Batman Honestly, and Harley Quinn. I was so that shocked was to hear that you didn't watch Teen Titans when it was on, because that seems like such a you show. What, Teen Titans Go? No, I mean like the the original Teen Titans. No, it was on. Hey, you hating it I, was uh, I, it was on. Not a take I, I was ready for. Didn't, it, it's it's so poorly written, I think. And it's like, I don't know, it's like the jokes just didn't maybe it was like a time in my life. Parker, I, like, I just I, I just had a brain flash. I'm, Jimmy I, Neutron? I you. Alexander Skarsgard, Liam Neeson, Rihanna, and Taylor Kitsch. Greetings. Man. Hold, please. There you go, Parker. I got you. Check oh, your dear. Discord. Why is Discord so fucking slow? Oh, I hate to see that. My phone died and my charger's on the other side of the room. Oh, you really hate to see that. And uh, I'm not going to make that journey. Alright, let's see here. Oh, dear. <laughs> 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 that seems uncalled for, but also, <laughs> I'll hold on to that one when I've got more time. <laughs> Alright, so uh, next time you hear us, which may or may not be Christmas Day, will be Aquaman. Text. Two screw 
toasted strudel, bowling on you poodles, two cougars, 40 plus, clutching rugas, black out the two-seater, MC Hammer, have you seen her, seen her, 40 carats in the gallon, it's apparent, your parents got them running like mascara, Temple Slayer, I pull up in the Ric Flair McLaren, four bad bitches on probation, are you sharing, are you sharing, got them jealous, 20 inches, on you fellas, chopper tellers, got you running over, Jerome Bettis, Versace lettuce, no diet, Gucci eyelids, I go to sleep, snobby pilots. Three elves smell like Adele. We are farmers. 